Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 375, recorded on May 12th, 2022. On tonight's episode with special guests Drew and John from the Dads After Dark show, we talk about the Indie World Showcase, Nintendo's latest fiscal report, and who needs business, Justin, when we've got Drew and John anyways. So Jesse, you know what to do. Wait a minute. Jesse's not here. Wait, I guess that's me, right? So I'm going to try. Hopefully I don't screw it up. You guys won't hear it. But people will. Here we go. Hey guys, what's up? And welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 375. It is May 12th, 2022. And we are ready to go. Joining us on the show this week are our good friends Drew and John from Dads After Dark. How are you guys? Wonderful. I'm excited to be here. In the spirit of this week, uh, we feel like indie guests coming on to your AAA podcast. Oh, look at that. Oh, good. Good. How how long did you work on that? Uh, Five seconds. Hey, I'm just 12. Then masterful work, sir. Masterful work. I'm just happy to be up past nine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I forgot you of the uh, early, early bedtime. that I kind of am envious of tonight. I didn't sleep well last night for some reason, probably because I was so disturbed by the uh, indie uh, world. Uh, yeah. And seeing all the things or you know that were there. Um, <clears throat> we've had a little bit of time to process. We're gonna talk about it later on on the show. But again, if you are joining us uh, for the first time and don't know who these gentlemen are, John and Drew are patrons turned podcasters uh, who uh, found their start uh, by, I guess, I mean, we'll talk We'll talk about this a little bit more in the show, but uh, kind of found your start there, um, helping us out with monthly mayhem and things, and it turned into a podcast. Yeah, even even before monthly mayhem, back in the day, we called it uh, tournaments. Um, John and I became friends, lovers, and after that, I mean, it, it's just, uh, you know, it's, we're here. We're, we're having a blast. Yeah. And uh, you guys, they, listen, are responsible for a lot of uh, shenanigans, if we want to call it that, over uh, on the Discord and also on their Twitter channel. Uh, They handle our monthly mayhem as well as the bounty board uh, that you guys have seen where you can literally win uh, eShop rewards for playing video games. That's right. Uh, That's right, Marty. And we're waiting for you and your son to get that Skywalker Saga bounty. What's your oh what's God. your what's your brick count at? Kyber brick, uh, Kyber brick. Uh, it's actually would be me and my wife. We're playing through it. Um, we're sitting at about three sixty right now. Wow. Okay. That's, that's no joke. Three sixty. Three sixty. So so what we did was we we beat all the the um, the the movies right. Just kind of went through them. Did everything we could at the time. Uh, and then came back, and now we're going through each movie and 100%ing every level. That's so, what what you got? What you get from that is uh, there's six Kyber bricks that you can earn per level. Each movie has five levels, so that's 45 times six. I'm not good at math, uh, but so it's roughly you're going to get 30 per movie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, then we you just land on planets and just find them. Oh yeah, uh, the and do part. all kinds of stuff. And it is the fun part because uh, it's really cool. 
to, to like last night we were playing and I was the Mandalorian flying um, an X-Wing uh, and she was like, I think she was an Ewok because she really likes Ewoks uh, flying an escape pod from the, the, the Princess Leia ship in episode four. And we were like going into space battles and stuff that way. So it was, you can go and do all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of little hidden Easter eggs and stuff. Also joining us on the show this week, uh, as usual is our wonderful newly recovered, by the way, uh, not Jesse Waldack as he is labeled on my zoom. It's Tim off. How you doing, Tim? I'm uh, I'm not Robo Jesse. I am uh, clone Jesse. I am trying to mimic his work. You're on theme. That's on theme so, for Star Wars. I, yes. I appreciate that. I am his clone today, and trying to do his his uh, you know trying to emulate his seven year employee run of the year. Well, possible, uh, so. I, I just want I want you to know, and I want him to know that uh, that seven year employee status is gone. <laughs> At least gone. this week. Yeah, when you he vacated the show, I'm sorry. Um, Even though it's, he was it all, to have one day, I thought he had one PTO day. You know. Oh, that's right. That's right. We did it. We do have a clause built in his contract: one, one pay day. day off per year. <laughs> uh, and so live it up, buddy. Live it up. Tomorrow it's back to the grind. Uh, even though we are Justin and Jesseless on this episode, we do have a ton of stuff to talk about. Not only the Indie World Showcase. But Nintendo's latest physical numbers uh, and some surprise breaking news that dropped right before we went to record tonight. And so uh, if you guys are ready, let's dive into the news, shall we? Here we go. And our news each and every week is brought to us by you guys over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can help bring peace and harmony to the galaxy uh, by becoming one of our patrons and joining in to all kinds of fun and shenanigans over there. $1 gets you into our Discord. $5 opens up all the sub-channels. $10 a month uh, gets you exclusive art cards quarterly, uh, as well as pre- and post-show audio, and $30 gets you on the show as a Patreon producer. Um, and so you can head over to patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads uh, and be a part of that. Guys, let's dive right into the headlines. Our biggest news this week is Indie World. Yesterday, uh, or two days ago, if you're hearing this in just audio form, uh, Nintendo Surprise announced a brand new Indie World for a day after the announcements, all right, which is kind of on brand. It's kind of on brand for them. uh, And from there, proceeded to show off around 19 games, uh, about uh, 20 minutes or so-ish presentation. Uh, We've got several of these. They're all listed. Uh, Guys, Drew and John, you hopefully have gotten uh, the notes as well, or maybe you have your own notes. They're they're going in blind. Oh, they're going in blind. Okay. Uh, What show is this? I don't know what show I'm on. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. We don't, we don't even help our guests out. I don't know what we're doing. Uh, so let, let's just run down these titles real quick, just as a reminder to you guys and to me, as I've only watched it once. Usually I try to dive in a couple of times and see it. Uh, announced on the show, Ooblets, Batora, Lost Haven, Alekhead, Soundfall, Windfrost, Totally Accurate, Battle Simulator, Gunbrella, We Are OFK, Silt, Mini Motorways, Wayward Strand, Cult of the Lamb, 
Another Crab's Treasure, One Shot World Machine Edition, Gibbon Beyond the Trees, Idol Manager, Card Shark, Curse to Golf, A Guidebook to Babel, and Opus Echo of Star Song Full Bloom Edition. Oh my God. Uh, and everything from One Shot through Opus was teased in like a final sizzle trailer uh, that left us. They usually do the final sizzle trailer and then they're like, hey, there's one more thing. Nope. No, no one more thing. Uh, what is that about? And honestly, I feel like that not having one more thing kind of set, uh, was kind of, uh, I don't know if the word I'm looking for here is theme or was uh, appropriate for the tone of this uh, indie world. I think it was I want- Nintendo's response for the internet's attitude towards every time they have a one more thing and nobody likes it. Mm. Sometimes I like it. Yeah. The internet doesn't like it. Well, okay. The internet didn't like it. Uh, Drew and John, I'm going to throw it over to you guys. Um, Being our guests, we want to hear your thoughts first. Uh, What did you guys think about this indie world? Uh, What stuck out to you? And uh, you said earlier today that you had some thoughts about this, uh, which sounded a little ominous. I always have thoughts. Sound a little ominous, though. I always have very unpopular thoughts. You ever notice that? I don't know. I like, I'm Yeah, me too. It's okay. No, I actually... I actually really liked it. Um, I mean, like just off the bat. Yeah, I, I think we do need to have a discussion about why there wasn't a one more thing. I have a couple theories, but um, there was a bunch of games that I I was really impressed with, which usually doesn't happen with Indie World. Usually it's one or two. Um, but the big ones for me, um, I think Gunbrella, which I think a lot of people, I think that was sort of the favorite of the group, it's a digital devolver, had a nice little art style. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the mechanics of that gunbrella. Yes, um, I agree. So I think that's I think that's an obvious one. Uh, a lek head looked pretty cool. Yes. Um, kind of has that Mega Man look, right, Marty? Like it, it for some reason, it just had like a as Mega soon Man as this feel. popped up on the screen, I said, that's Mega Man one. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I was. I was glued to that one. And it's so cool that that is a one-man dev crew That's great. for that game. I thought the, the art style was, was cool. The puzzles looked challenging. The music sounded good. I was hoping, like, the whole time, like, toward the end of that, I was going out today, out today, yeah. out today. Yeah, I, was, I really wanted that one. I like yeah, that I think that's summer. Yeah, I like that the uh, – because, like, with puzzle games, I tend to – really like them and then i get like over them pretty quickly they get they run too long they they maybe they don't have a difference in mechanics i'm hoping this game's not too long but i loved how the rooms connected you know it kind of reminded me a little bit of celeste in that way that it's not like do this puzzle do this puzzle but the rooms are all connecting and it sounds like there's lots of secrets to find yeah so it it's going to be kind of collectathony um so i'm really interested in in that one um wild frost is probably the biggest deepest game i'm super excited for that uh drew and i are big Mm. slay the spire fans and it doesn't mean we like every card game but um it's interesting that the cards seem like the characters like it's not just having the cards but the cards are hitting other cards yeah Yeah, my two observations from that were I, i i didn't like that choice because I thought the art style, I thought the art style was really good, and I would have liked to have seen fleshed out characters. The second thing is, is I don't think they showed enough of this game. Uh, and and what I mean by that is, like, I 
I really like what they showed. I know they were trying to be very bite-sized and they only had a limited period of time, but I would have loved that one to have had a demo. Uh, and maybe it will before it launches, but I think that's one. Games like that generally, I think, need demos to, to kind of try them out. Maybe we'll get lucky for in the hol- before the holiday drop. So, Yeah, it's still a ways away. So, uh, yeah, that, that, I... What it, they described it as a tactical roguelike deck builder. And like, it's like, you know, that Vince McMahon theme meme when he's like getting progressively more pleased. Like, yes. that's how I feel like tactical roguelike <laughs> deck yeah, builder. Oh, when they said roguelike, I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, that's like, that's like the bat signal to okay. me. I'll tip uh, over the stair. Well, oh. <laughs> um, but the one, the game, surprisingly enough, nobody's really talking about it much. The game that I'm the most excited about is Wayward Strand, um, which okay. luckily comes out, uh, what, in a couple months? July 21st. Um, this is the one with the 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 young, like, uh, red-haired girl on the boat, I believe. A boat hospital or something like that. Oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. And, um, the concept of this, this is one of those games where I'm not like, oh, I love the characters, I love the art style. I don't, I don't know if I agree with any of that, but... Um, this is a game where you play through sort of a real-time story going on, and then you play through it again and again and again. And it looks like the oh, the character like will take notes, different stories and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so right. the character will actually has a notebook and takes notes of the things that happen. So maybe you go into a room and some patient died because they didn't get their medicine. So when you play through the next time, you want to make sure to grab those pills and give it to that character. Mm. And you just play through. I don't know how long the playthroughs will be, um, but it reminds me a lot of a game. It's one of my favorite games ever, Psychic Detective. Um, it was on 3DO and PC, but it was a game where you play through a, it's an FMV game where you play through this real-time story and you kind of change between bodies of people and you learn things and then you play through again and you like, oh, I want to make sure I jump into that person because I know this happens and I want to find out what, what's going on. Interesting. Um, so I'm really interested in that because it just seems like a very unique, even though I just said a game that's just like it, but I think in this case, it's going to be a very unique style of game so i I do too excited i worry about the need to replay it over and over and over i don't think it'll be a long i think each playthrough will probably be pretty short we're not talking like a 20 hour thing probably like a half hour also well no i'll save this for like i'll I'll, i (laughs) this is where my thoughts are and and bad opinions are and i'll i'll we'll come back to those Uh, i'm ready to to express my marty so that's that's okay that's okay Uh, anything else that you know stuck out to you from this those are my big four um and and overall i was i was pretty excited about the end of the world noticeably i was kind of waiting for like the one big thing and marty you set us up for a big announcement incoming. And I thought you knew something. I no. told Drew, I go, I go, the Nintendo dad's count is uh, account is like leaking information because somebody no, posted a video mean, that was a joke. I did but, not mean to do that. Um, I don't, here's I here's there was the only thing, th- this is why I tweeted when I tweeted. I, I made, And for those of you who didn't see it, I tweeted something on my personal account that basically said like, uh, Nintendo sure, uh, something big must be coming because the amount of times that Nintendo reminded people that this indie world was going on was over the top for what we actually got. Uh, mm-hmm. the, 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 they retweeted it. They tweeted about it on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, at, starting at the hour, 
they were like, hey, it's in an hour. Hey, it's in 30 minutes. Hey, it's in 10 minutes. Hey, it's about to start. And I was for sure that we were going to get like Fall Guys info or we were going to get Silk Song. Uh, and I was really hopeful for you, John, that we were going to get some Silk Song info because <laughs> I know you've been waiting for so long. Yeah. Really? I, I'm I'm not in love with Silk Song, but I'm just dying to know when it's going to come out because my poor wife is suffering waiting for it. 2019 was when it was announced, and they insane. They, they did put out a, a bulletin yesterday. I don't know if you saw this after the direct, and they were oh. like, "So yeah. uh, Team Cherry put this statement out. And it was basically like, so we know that you're waiting, and you've been waiting, and you've been patient, and we know you're disappointed, but we will have something to share with you very soon." Oh my gosh, that was it. So they'll share something in 2023, maybe. <laughs> At the end like, of this year, like they're going to they be like, here's what we have to share. Still working on it. I like how they say we've been patient. And it's like people on the internet are screaming, where the heck is Silk Song? It's like, we're not, we're not being patient at all. We're being jerks. Yeah. If you do it enough, you'll get something that's like the thing you want. Like if you talk about folders enough, Nintendo will give you groups. <laughs> uh, so I feel like if we talk about Silk Song enough, They'll give us another bug game. You'll get song silk. We'll get bug snacks. <laughs> two. 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 Yeah, bug snacks, two. Uh, even more snacks. Uh, <laughs> uh, Drew, anything uh, on this that you uh, was, was different that stuck out for you? Yeah. Um, I mean, Wild Frost, just just like John mentioned, um, it, it, I agree with you. The, I, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the, the art style type part of it, but um, I, I'm all for giving it a try. And then, of course, I've been waiting forever, I feel like, for Cursed to Golf. I'm very disappointed. We got, like, five seconds of it. Um, again, not a hard date, but a, a summer date, um, which just means nothing. But Summer's uh, coming. Well, that's sure. It could be in <laughs> September, though. Uh, but, no, I mean, it, nothing. I mean, I don't know if you want me to get into my, my, my soapbox here, but uh, as far as the games, I mean, Dunbrella as well. Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be blunt here. Yeah, I was I gonna say go ahead. Let's go ahead and transition into this soapbox. I think <laughs> this is a good place to do it. I'll keep it PG, but you know, people people wonder why Nintendo is where they are today. Like like you just said, Marty. You know, the, to to piggyback off of you with the advertising and advertising this thing having tens of thousands of people watching. Like, sorry if I offend people, but. Nintendo should not be advertising this and then putting video games out there that are made by one person as a just student project. Oh, I'm, listen, I'm oh. sorry. This is not the avenue when you try to compete with big video game companies. Like it's Xbox an indie world. I don't care. I don't care if it's an indie world, right? I, I think this is poor marketing by Nintendo. I, I truly do. Some of these games and the graphics these games are like, the total accurate battle simulator, joke or not, that should not be getting eight minutes of a of an indie direct. I mean, that that was like pine, like brought me back to my pine days. Like that, that's not good. That's garbage. Drew, Drew you're not hip with the kids. Tabs is going to be the biggest selling Listen, game that was shown at Indie World. They love that stuff. I I, I don't get it. But 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 then people either. are wondering. I, I'm going to agree with you. I don't and, understand. And Nintendo that is wondering why they're looked at as a joke compared to these other big companies. This is why they're displaying these games. Like I'm I'm sorry, but like they're not targeting the West market at all. Some of them, and 
not I'm not here for it. I'm not you here for be, it. You should be John, John, John or, or Drew. I'm gonna literally I'm gonna say this though to, in rebuttal to that. Just devil's advocate. Yeah, they literally showed off a game where you worship Satan <laughs> in the form of a lamb. Uh, you I had, mean, you had to have what did it say? Increase your cult or whatever they called it. Followers. Yes. Yep. Yes. Cult, uh, cult of the lamb. Yeah. Which obviously is, and I knew is, I knew it before they said it. It is also another Devolver game. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> this could have been a Devolver direct. I mean, they did those five games. I, I, the, here's the deal. Like that game. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Devolver is one of the best publishers yes. on the Switch. I yeah, would dare say. I, I agree. I'm not yeah. disagreeing with that. Yes. Yes. I, I just think this this. <sighs> Whether the games are for me or not, I try to put that aside. I truly do. But a lot of these games, they're 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 following that the same avenue of of these story, you know, dialogue heavy point and click like. Okay, so this leads right into something that I saw clearly during this this presentation, and that is that we are reaching a, a point. I think where indie gaming in and of itself is starting to become super compartmentalized. And what I mean by that is it's either this type of game or this type of game or this type of game. And there's about seven to nine different types of games Mm -hmm. that they are. And all of them fall into that kind of umbrella. So it's either like super balls, hard platformer, uh, souls like 3d game, uh, visual novel about uh, dubious ro- romance and animals, uh, you know, uh, or uh, roguelike dungeon crawler, which, I mean, I'm, f- I'm a fan of that, but like how many of them can you make? Yep. Right. Uh, and then, or, or like um, quirky game that's kind of animal crossing, but it's not. And puzzle Marty, game. Marty, we literally got a shells like game, which we've never had before. It's a souls like. <laughs> no, it was a shells like. They, uh, uh, they well, okay. Uh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> you know, I saw that. I'm totally also new genre. like, I I was tracking with that game until it said souls like, and I was like, nope. So I'm out. Uh, I'm gonna say this real quick too, just the, the whole devil's advocate thing. Um, I think it's another way to look at it is that we ha- we have gotten to a point where artists or people who want to create a game have an easier path, it seems like, to create games. So regardless of whether we're seeing styles repeated, um, it's still they have a vision they want to share. And now we have a platform that they can easily do it on. Or it's already been done on it, like on the PC side, and they want to bring it to the Nintendo audience. And Nintendo yeah. is always looking to grow their audiences beyond just the the gamer that in in those same in in the AAA sense of those silos you were talking about. They want to go beyond those as well. So a lot of those things, yes, repeat on the indie side, but I think it's still a lot of those artists are sharing their version of those sameness things. I guess. Yeah. So. Their version. Yeah. And there, and I want to say this too, before people are like, oh man, Marty's totally negative about this. I did think that this was one of the poorest indie directs that they have ever had. I, honestly, I, I, for me, I'm saying for me, it was like, I'm sure they're like, I know that Tim was talking about Silt and talking about some other games that he really liked. And there's games on this list that I like, 
but there, it's less than five. It like there's there's not much on here that I'm really super excited for. Let me if you, you are, quick, that's great. Let but me, for me, I thought it was a low scoring for me presentation. For me, it's the the indie showcases. I never know what to expect. Even if I go to look on Steam, what the big top indie games are there. Most of the time, there none of those are in the upcoming direct coming up or the showcase coming up, and I'm surprised at what we get. It's mm-hmm. like I can never guess, except for maybe like the like, like the the cursed golf game. I think was a you know we knew that was coming. I had a feeling or whatever, and sometimes yep. we have a feeling some other things are coming and maybe they don't. But most of the time, there's things I had never heard of that, and that's why I'm always caught off guard. And there's usually something if not a handful of things that I do want to check out. So I'm just trying to figure out how can something be disappointing if you, if you don't know what's coming. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I, and I think the other part that bothered me is if, if you look at the release dates, I mean, 50% of the games shown aren't coming out within the next five or six months. I, to yeah, me, that I, again, I, that's, that's not smart. I'm I'm sorry. Like, like the Gunbrella thing for 2023. It's like th- there was a few. I mean, you're right. You have um, Wild Frost is holiday. Who knows what that? You know when that's right. gonna, the Crab's <laughs> Treasure 2023. Um, Idol Manager was at the end August. You know, um, you know the 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 Giant Boat Fall. Like, the, like these games are. Mm. It loses your interest, right? How many games have we seen in the direct and then not seen? For for years or months, yeah. Marty, the hype you were is gone. A few of those. You know, <laughs> Pocket Rumble, War Groove, King of the Hats, um, Silk Man- Song, Manico's Night Market, uh, Manico's Night. I thought about that one the other day. I was like, <laughs> and here's the thing: like, I get the pandemic has been super disruptive, especially to indie developers. Yep. But just an update: like, are you still working on the game? Because here's the deal. I don't have the time, even as a gaming journalist, and I'm, I'm saying that in that voice and putting air quotes around it, right? Because I'm not. Uh, the, I don't have the time to follow all their individual Twitter accounts to see all the updates, right? And, and so eventually it gets a little, it's a little silly, uh, I think. Uh, and uh, to speak to that 2013 thing, I or 2023, I think that's absolutely correct. Uh, we expect those kinds of dates from Nintendo Directs, not indies. Uh, and I think it's a little it's a little off putting when we see that. It's like why why show it? Uh, I'm I'm kind of getting to a point now, especially this week after Redfall has been delayed. And what was the other um, uh, big Starfield? Starfield, the the two big games for Xbox now delayed to 2023. You know, we started 2022 saying, oh, my God, what am I going to do with my wallet? I'm not going to be able to buy all these games. And then we've watched slip, 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 slip. War game gets delayed, slip, 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 slip. And now it's Mm -hmm. like, what? And I know Nintendo's got stuff coming out. And I know Xbox and PlayStation does does too. I mean, that's not – and then then that's not even to talk about our backlogs. Backlogs are nuts. But (laughs) – here, here's the deal. I'm like, I'm getting to be like Jesse. And Jesse's line on this is don't show oh me God. a game until it's gone gold. Right? Yeah. Like like Nintendo did with Wait. Paper Mario uh or Origami King. Yeah. It's good. Hey guys, it's coming out in a month. There but, you but go. I think that brings up a great point, Marty, is you know, 
we see dozens of games released every week on the Switch. Dozens, right? And, and a lot of them are shovelware, whatever you want to call it. But like, why not do an indie direct then every single month and only show what's coming out within the next month? Here's what's coming out the next four weeks, guys. That would make people excited. Yes. Right? Not I make people that, excited sure. what's happening in six to nine months from now. 69 months, that that's a long time. Look, <laughs> Drew, Drew. So, I mean, indie worlds have always had a lot of games that are like in, in, uh, released immediately. And I, I saw a tweet where somebody said like, there was actually five or six games that were released immediately. But yeah, it didn't feel like they were like impactful games. I think Mini Motorways came out immediately, but we've been playing that on mobile for a while now. Um, but I, I think it's really unfair to like, I love that Nintendo highlights indies. And I think it is the yes. one of the things that Sony does so badly that Sony doesn't talk about their indies at all. And so a lot of indies never make it to Sony's platforms and they've publicly decried Sony and how they handle those indies. Um, so I, if Nintendo's listening, don't listen to Drew. Like, I love these indie worlds. And even if this one wasn't your favorite, I mean, we've, we've got a bunch of games that we, we see here. I do agree a 2023 thing is a little weird, but I think they reserve that more for like Devolver Digital where we are seeing that there are indies that are a little bit different than others. We get the one person indie, and then we get games that look like really good games. And I, I just, I love seeing this like difference where I, I, I know I've seen indies that are just look awful and you're like, Oh God, you feel almost embarrassed. Like I didn't like the one, the music game, we are OFK or something. I felt like almost like it was a demo cassette for some band and they just, put it out in video game form but like i love the weirdness and like some of these games are going to be short and great and fun and they're certainly not there to boost up stockholders in any way or stock or anything like that yeah and i mean like i i'm with you like i i fell in love with with nintendo's focus on the indies you know back in the wii u day because that was like they had to have that right they but hear me when I say this, I don't mean it the wrong way. Nintendo doesn't need indies right now as much as they did. I'm not saying they don't need them, but they don't, they don't, they don't need them as much as they used to. And so it feels especially a little bit like since Damon left uh, and went over to, to Microsoft, it feels like maybe the focus is not as strong or not as, um, they don't, they don't, I won't say they don't hype it up as much, but it's just, it doesn't feel like it has the same impact. Uh, if you go back and watch those first few indie worlds from when the Switch came out, it was a lot of games where it was like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. I need that. You know, that's when we were seeing Pocket, Pocket Rumble, War Groove, uh, Enter the Gungeon, um, Flint Hook, all kinds of games like that. Uh, Super Meat Boy. Uh, was one that comes to mind. And that was one that took forever to come out. I mean, like, I think Justin played that when he was in Ireland at a game show and then moved back to the United States and, or, or moved back to, to North America, moved back to Canada and was here for like a year or maybe a year and a well, half before it came out. And then it wasn't even good. It wasn't. I, it wasn't great. Do you think you it's know? because the Indies are kind of getting tapped? I don't know if it's if it's they're getting tapped or that it's that we've we've seen some indies have um, 
such breakthrough success. Like I look at uh, Super Giants uh, and uh, Yacht Club, of course, uh, with Shovel Knight and uh, who did, uh, I always forget this, who did Dead Cells? Was that Devolver? Did they put out, and Devolver in and of themselves, who did Dead Cells? Uh, I can't remember. But the publisher for that. I guess I guess what I'm saying is is here th- those three games and a few others like at Enter the Gungeon and things like that are great examples of games that like transcended the indie thing and kind of became mainstream if you want to air quote that. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's a lot of indie developers now that feel the pressure to I, produce that next Shovel Knight. Well, I mean, as far as tap, though, there's like. For a while there, it was like there was all these indie games that were on the PC that Nintendo could draw from. And now and they were out for a while. Now it seems like they haven't like there's some indie games that haven't been out long enough. Either on the PC side or they're not coming straight or that maybe they're coming straight to Nintendo, but they just there's not all that hype behind it that they're like, you know, all this PC community thinks it's greatest indie game. I think, I think you're right about that. And it has to come to Nintendo or something. Because how many, how many times have we heard since the Switch came out, oh, we got blank. Now here's 10 more indie games that need to come to Switch. Yeah. And yeah. Or we get, we, like, we get something like um, Ooblets. It's like, oh, man, they ported Ooblets to, the you know, as a cult classic, they ported it to Switch, and now all of a sudden... We got to have this, 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 and this one. I see what you're saying. What happens when this runs out? Right. And we've we've kind of caught up in a way. It's like is is again. I don't follow the indie scene on the PC too much. I mean, just started to. I try to see what's out there on Steam to maybe guess might come over to the Switch. But there's a few cool things out there too that I would love to see come to the Switch. But um, I never get it right because there's so many games. So, I mean, in one sense, it isn't tapped, but at the same time, I don't think those games have been out long enough to get the hype to say, oh, man, this would be so cool on mm-hmm. the Switch. And then, you know, then it ends up there. And then that's the that's maybe another reason why we don't have the um, one more thing, because there isn't mm-hmm. one more thing to get excited about in the indie side. That's true. They could, I mean, they could have used like um, Gumbrella could have been a, a good a one, one more thing. thing. Um, and I don't if, if they had done that, I don't know that the 2023 date would have stung as much. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's not I, it's not so much about like. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I, 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 I'm wondering why they didn't have it. And I'm wondering if they tried to like I there's two re- things I can think of that they're trying to reset expectations that there might not always be a one more thing because we, we always expect it. It's not even a one more thing. It's like. You know, whenever you watch thing. these things and they say, okay, that's it. And you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> and so they're kind of resetting. So now we're like, now we don't know the next time they do an indie world if they have one. Or maybe they had one and it fell apart. At the, maybe they delayed it and they just had it. They didn't, they weren't ready. So they just kind of ended their presentation with mm. the voiceover. Maybe that happened. That's true. Mm. That yeah. Be- yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's totally true. Um, I always like so, the thought that Nintendo is trying to punish us in some way. So it's like, oh, you don't like our, you know, one more thing the last time? How about we don't do it at all? I, uh, <laughs> Tim, I, I worry about those tendencies with you where it's like, oh, they're trying to punish us. Uh, I worry about that. Uh, but before we sign off on this topic, I, I did want to say this. Uh, Tim and I, I don't think we got around to talking about some of the things that we that stuck out for me and you. Uh, we just kind of dove into the negative, which is okay. It's totally fine. 
Uh, but uh, we mentioned the Leckhead, and um, that I think that one is is a standout for me. I did say there were probably four uh, games that stood out for me. That would be one of them. Gunbrella is one as well. Um, I'm hoping that is very early 2023. Uh, the other one is, and I, I'm going to mention this as a recommendation, not as a what I've been playing, but I have played it, and so is Tim and John. I assume has too because you mentioned it. And that is many motorways. I think in in some ways it is a it's a really great game. Um, if you've played uh, the railway version of it, which is Mini, Mini Metro, Metro, yeah, it's kind of the same thing except with cars. Uh, and um, start on a map, you're connecting a shopping center and a house, and then others start popping up, and, you, and they're in different colors, and you have to make sure the different color houses can put cars to the different shopping centers and you get bridges and roundabouts and traffic lights and overpasses and all kinds of things you get to drop in that are special. It's, it's just, it's really kind of, it can get stressful, but in the beginning it's real chill. It's real, real Zen. And I like it. I just like drawing the roads. I liked mini Metro, but I always got stuck after some point, everything just fell apart. Yeah. Mini motorways is much deeper and like you can get further with it. I it's, if you liked mini Metro, I mean, mini motorway is it's such a step up. I can't really wrap good. my mind around the um, the concept of I need like I've had this road here. It's been here since the beginning of my build. And now I'm deep in the game and you're supposed to like be able to rethink it and blow it up and redraw it mid game. And I can't do that like that. I just can't manage that. Blow your own mind up. <laughs> yeah. The other the other game that I, I really Wild Frost uh, was was the other one that I, I'm looking forward to just because, hey. It, you know, they said roguelike, and I mean, uh, that's it. And I'm going to warily look out for Cult of the Lamb. Uh, I really like the art style. I did. Yep, I agree with uh, the art style. It, it's interesting. Um, and it's Devolver, and y'all, it's really, I, I mean, for the most part, I would say 99% of the time, Devolver don't miss you know, they're like the games that they publish Absolutely. are really good. And so I'm I'm looking forward to that. Tim, what about you? What are some games that you you said you had a wish list? Yeah, I did. I did. I posted it on Twitter because um, that's where I usually it helps keep me, you know, all that stuff that we saw. It helps me remember the four things I liked out of it. But uh, I actually, um even though we've seen it before, seeing the card shark again was good to see, and then having a demo as well. I started messing around with that just briefly earlier today, and want to keep messing around with that because uh, it seems like it's got some interesting mechanics there. Um, it's definitely not what I expected when I jumped into the demo. So, uh, but Silt is another one because I don't know what it is about underwater games, but I like underwater games, <laughs> and I like. I was thinking when that popped up, I was like, yep. "This is." Uh... Tim's Shinsekai this year. Right, yeah. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> so, uh, don't worry. I'm going to finish Breath of the Wild. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, Silt was one. Elekthead elect actually surprised me. Uh, Elekthead, excuse me. Because uh, I just like the, the puzzle and the mechanics that behind that that I saw there. And then also, uh, Batora Lost Haven. Uh, that also intrigued me, The um, what I saw there as from that game so those were the four that stood out to me and of course motor uh mini motorways um but i didn't want to add to take a fourth spot there because i've already been playing that most of the year <laughs> on steam so 
Yeah. So that's uh, our indie direct. Uh, one of the things from our indie world thoughts. Uh, one of the things we like to do once one of these has come out is just kind of go uh, and give it a grade. Uh, everybody just kind of grade it, you know, on a typical A to F grading scale. Uh, John and Drew, we'll start with you guys. What do you think as as far as a grade for this this presentation? Here it, Drew. Go ahead, John. Um, if I will say, if if my excitement for these games pans out because you just never know, um, and you can add Card Shark to that list, um, I'll give it an A minus. Oh, ooh. okay. I mean, five solid games. What what more could you want from an indie world? That's a good way to put it. I mean, Wild Frost could be a game I play for a year if that's what I think it is. So maybe, maybe. Um, Devolver Digital involved. I mean, Devolver Digital and Chucklefish, I think, are two of my favorite, definitely two of my favorite indie publishers. And they're up there. They're at least top 10 in terms of publishers all time. Um, and they both have really great offerings in this indie world. So, um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It, ne it needed a one more thing. It needed that tentpole game. Um, but, I mean these games are all games I'm excited for. So. Okay. Tim, what about you? I'll, I'll give it a B plus. Cause again, I kind of going along the same lines as what John was saying. Uh, and what I said earlier, I never know what I'm going to get coming out of it. It's like, I can try to guess, but I never know what it is. And to be able to come out with it with actually six games, but I know I picked four, but six games total. I, I think that's pretty good. Uh, do they overly excite me? No. You know, I'm not like, oh my gosh, I can't wait till this date for this game to come out. No, I'm, but I'm excited about at least six games. So I'll give it a B plus. Okay. Uh, I haven't been this let down by an indie world since the one where they, they showed the game where you were in France riding around in a cab interviewing people. <laughs> uh, I can't remember the name of that game, uh, but that one was just like, I walked away going, there's nothing here. Yeah. Uh, so for me, C minus. Okay. Uh, yeah. even yeah. with, uh, even with Umbrella and Alekhead. And hopefully we're getting a code, uh, pretty soon where I'm going to buy Soundfall. Uh, that, that does look like a game that would interest me. Justin picked it up and he said he's really enjoying it so far, but that's just his initial thoughts. Um, he's already done with it probably. He, yeah, he sampled it. He's done. Uh, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah you guys I'm good. I was bad. Nobody says anything about Justin. Yeah, nobody ever uh, says anything about the game sampler. Uh, we need, we uh, Tim, make a note here. We need a t-shirt uh, that says official, official game sampler, like the Nintendo yeah. official logo. We have that we official have the game sampler logo. So, yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. We need we to throw that out sampler. there. Uh, in the chat, let us know. Would you buy a game sampler t-shirt? Drew, what's your uh, name? Just a caveat on my, my soapbox. I'm gonna I'm gonna be harsh. Just you know, I, I, I honestly feel like it was poorly produced. I think it was bad pacing. Um, to Marty's point, I, I the games just didn't I, I don't think they portrayed them well. I, I mean, this is a fail, straight out F. I, I think it failed. I, I think it was poor execution all, all, all around. This is this is not what Nintendo needed for an indie direct for a company point of view right now. This, it's just not what they needed. This is coming did, from did a it, guy uh, who does nothing but buy $5 games on eShop. Three listen. hours ago, Drew sends me a picture of his Switch. He bought Dungeons of Dreadrock. He's like, $5. He's all excited. And now fantastic. he's like, I don't like these indie games. That one, that one did not look good. It uh, looks fantastic. Uh, <laughs> here's the deal. At first, I was like, okay, 
all right, uh, roguelike, I'm into this. And then they were moving around like Cadence of Hyrule, and I was like, nope, I'm out. Which one was that? Uh, Dreadrock, Dungeons no, and Dreadrock. No, no, that's not that one. If it is, then I want my five dollars. Yeah, you you're you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna submit a <laughs> refund to Nintendo immediately. Uh, you need to go watch a YouTube video one. on that one while we transition to the next segment, buddy. Because oh uh, I got a I got a bad <laughs> got some bad news for you. Uh, speaking of bad news, uh, this is not bad news. Let's talk about Nintendo's latest financial numbers and financial data uh, that were released this week. This was actually uh, one week late. Uh, or later than they normally do this. Uh, and maybe there's some clues to why as we uh, take a look and pick these apart. Uh, I'm just going to run down the list and hit some highlights here. For hardware, uh, Nintendo uh, Switch sold 4.11 million units from January 1st through March 31st worldwide. That leads us now to a total of 107 million uh, or let's say 107.6 or almost 0.7 million units sold. Uh, this broken down uh, is so far uh, 5.8 million OLED models have been sold uh, out of uh, what was sold this month, this quarter. It was 1.86 million, which is about 45% of all the switches that were sold. So that's pretty good. OLED's doing all right. Uh Comparing this uh, to last year, or bringing up what was sold in fiscal year 2022, uh, 23.06 million units sold in the year, which is a 20% decrease from the year before. So if you're wondering why Nintendo has recently lowered their sales forecasts, here's a good bet, or here's a good lead on why. Um, the forecast for fiscal year 2023 is now 20 million units. And But this was still the second best-selling year out of five years of Switch. Obviously, 2020 was the, the, the best-selling year. Uh, so being the second best is not that bad. There are now uh, more Switch hardware sales than Wii U software sales. <laughs> so to put that in perspective, here's, here's what that means. At, at 107.65 million units, of hardware, Switch has outsold 103.48 million units of Wii U software. So, there, y'all, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of software going on here. So, software sales up 1.8 percent uh, over last year. In fact, last year was the best year ever for software sales for Nintendo Switch. Uh, so, out of five years, the best year. It's there, still knocking on the door of the two systems that have sold more than the switch game boy at 118.69 million if uh forecast sales are met that will be passed uh nintendo ds is still clocking in at 154.02 million uh just just stopping here real quick guys what do you what do you uh, make of these hardware sales um yeah i mean i, I it's dwindling right it, 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 you know and, and we, you hate to say that the stockholder stuff right? but but this is why you see a decrease in stock because it's it's that you know what's the future hold for stockholders it makes you nervous as an investor you know what nintendo i'm giving you money what are you doing with it right and and right now it's, it's not looking great um and i mean and this is also at the end of a i mean of a five-year cycle 
right? And we don't know what's next. Um, I mean, I think the OLED, uh, like you said, Marty, forty-five percent. I wonder. I wonder if that would be higher if the if the availability was higher, right? Um, I mean, I wonder how many people that are going in there out of the four million sold and saying, and and, and seeing both on a shelf and saying, "Well, I want the cheaper one." Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Is or it, or having to settle for a cheaper one if the OLED's not there. Co- correct, right? Um, and, and would those four millions be maybe six millions if, if the OLED was there, right? I don't know. That, yeah. That's my take on it. Yeah, I mean, Switch is still outselling the other consoles, which always makes me crazy. It always seems like there's pessimism on Nintendo, and it's weird because the Switch is easily going to become the second highest selling Nintendo console of all time. Um, easily. It's going to pass the Game Boy. I think it's about 11 million away from Game Boy. So it's easily going to, it's going to pass it in a year. And it just always seems like, you know, you're, you're, you're selling hardware hand over fist, you're selling software hand over fist, and you just can't please the stockholders, I guess. They're always down on the switch i i i think the numbers are great i they're down but we're talking about you know we're talking about covid and chip shortages having a big impact on those kind of numbers they're really hard to you know they're hard to compare right now i think the the other big thing real quick is the software though is showing higher than the highest sales it's ever had so how nintendo spins that i think will help However, you know, with the the um, investor side, you know, how, what are they going to do with their software, especially with their NSO or how much are they going to bolster that to make people pay more of a subscription? You know, did the did the release of Dungeons of Dreadrock, um, was that announced before the sales were announced? I must have been because that, that, that would have boosted uh, up a couple points. <laughs> Well, I think it's interesting to note that after these numbers came out, uh, I think it was Famitsu or whoever publishes um, sales for Japan put their numbers out for, and they had had a hiccup the week before and put out numbers for two weeks. And in two weeks in Japan uh, alone, the Nintendo Switch uh, family of systems sold 150,000 units in two weeks. Out of the top 10 selling games in Japan right now, nine of those titles are Nintendo Switch titles, which is uh, like Nintendo Switch Sports, I think, was the top one. It was like almost 350,000 units moved in in two weeks. So I I will agree with you, John. I think it's easy to, you know, Nintendo's doomed, you know, but... uh, this th- this news also comes out as Switch has, in Japan, finally passed 3DS in sales. So the Nintendo Switch family has overtaken the 3DS in Japan, which, if you know anything about that, the 3DS was gangbusters in Japan because of its yeah. portability and Street Pass and all that other stuff. Uh, so... Keep in mind, the Switch is more expensive than the 3DS, so it has a harder path to get to that number. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's talk about some software numbers here. Um, no surprise, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is still the, top, the number one selling game on Nintendo Switch, uh, now having sold 45.33 million copies 
almost 2 million of those have been sold in the last three months. What this amounts to is one game sold for every two switches this quarter. So it's a, it's like a one to two attachment rate, uh, which is crazy. And the DLC is only going to drive that, especially since the DLC was, is rocking. Like it's quality. Mm-hmm. So is it, Are, has anybody been talking about it since like the first day? No, but, but like people, here's the deal. Like yeah, I see right, a month. I see more people playing it online than, than before. Uh, but well, then prior to the release of DLC. So, I mean, like I would ever, I would see people every now and then, but I think you're going to get, like, it's going to be, it's the equivalent of playing Mario Kart 8 and having all 10 coins and then getting another coin. It gives you the little fart boost. It's like, you know, and you, you go just a very quick little boost. That's what each of these DLC infusions are going to be. It's really to just roll the it's to roll the cart past the finish line for mario kart 8 until they do whatever's next uh at least i think so i think it, i think uh, it deserves to have the top spot i mean it, it's it's so playable and i and i love to play mario kart 8 online at any oh, yeah. time yeah um but like and we should be getting an, another drop of of tracks i would soon. say that uh whatever the summer game fest or or whatever keely's putting together nintendo's going to have a presence there uh, I was going to say at the end of the indie segment as well, I'm gonna, uh, that I think that a Leckhead, since it's summer 2020, I think it will be a shadow drop during Nintendo's Direct. I think they will focus on it for a few minutes and they'll be like, hey, it's available today. And I also think that we'll see the next DLC pack. I think we'll get some, they won't tell us all the tracks, but it'll be part of that presentation. Um, coming in at number two, Animal Crossing New Horizons at 38.64 million sold. Uh, so you're looking at a, a 7 million almost spread there between one and two. Uh, 1.02 million of those units have been sold in the last three months. Uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate still in at number three, 28.17 million. Uh, Breath of the Wild at 26.55 million uh, up next at four. Uh, five. Pokemon Sword and Shield, 24.27 million. Uh, and all of these, starting with three and under, are selling less than a million uh, in the last three months. Uh, Mario Odyssey, uh, selling almost 500,000 units uh, in the last three months, 23.50 million. Uh, Super Mario Party, not Mario Party Superstars, uh, but Mar Super Mario Party, um, sold almost 400,000. It's up to 17.78 million. Then Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, 14.65 million. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, 14.43 million. Here we go. Uh, and Ring Fit Adventure in at number 10, 13.53 um, million. And it's it sold over 500, uh, almost 600,000 units in the last three months. How amazing that's interesting. is that? that? That's interesting. That's, that's a big bump right there, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Well, New Year's resolutions, guys. Uh, I'm going to get fit. Right. I'm going to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what I think is interesting to note here is if you look at Nintendo's top 10 on the switch, it's made up of one, two, three, four, four, five key franchises. Or six, if you want to, if you want to look at it that way. Uh, but the big winner out of these 10 is Pokemon. Yeah. Pokemon has one, two, 
three games in the top 10 of Switch sales. If you want to count Smash as a Pokemon game because Pokemon are in it, <laughs> you can do that. I mean, it's Smash is kind of its own IP, but think about that. Uh, that well, and as well up, as uh, creeping up the rear is Pokemon Legends yeah. Arceus. So creeping uh, up the rear, yeah, creeping. And, up the rear. and, and then That's he an said Arceus. Uh, yeah, Arceus. <laughs> <laughs> creeping up the uh, rear. Arceus sold. Rear. Get this now. Here's the thing. <laughs> this is we've not really seen any sales figures from Arceus because it launched in January. It sold 12.64 million units uh, in uh, in the first three months of this year. That's a that's still a pretty big deal, guys. Um, another thing that I wanted to uh, note here is 35 first-party games are million sellers. Uh, the report didn't show updated sales for all games, only those that sold uh, more than a million units uh, for the fiscal year. Uh, I wanted to zero in on one that stirred the pot this week online, and that is the sales for Metroid Dread. Uh, Metroid Dread, just shy of 3 million units sold at 2.90 million units sold. Now the best-selling Metroid game of all time. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a question here that might make Tim mad, and that's okay. He can kick me off Zoom. I'll come back. I have the link. Uh, here it is. When are we going to admit that Metroid is not a top-tier franchise for Nintendo? Drew, you nodded. I'm playing a boo audio. You nodded, and 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 look, can can, can I ask this, or can I say this about my question? I don't like this question, but it's but we we need to talk about it because you know when people talk about Nintendo, they're like, oh yeah, you know Mario, Zelda, Metroid. Metroid should we do that? Built to be accessible, though. I know it wasn't. How hard it was. But if it was if made two, for gamers, so they knew what but, they were making. But Tim, here's what I'm asking: it's it's bigger than Metroid Dread. If Metroid Dread at 2.90 million units sold is the highest selling Metroid game of all time, mm-hmm. when are we going to admit that this is not Nintendo's top tier title, or it's not in the pantheon? Here, it's not that this is not that, that it is no longer, or maybe it's never been considered by Nintendo to be in the pantheon of top tier IP that they have like we would like it to be. Yeah. It's the sales are disappointing. I mean, Metroid dread barely beat out a game where Mario plays. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. (laughs) Good. I mean, if Mario Golf outsells Metroid dread, just kill the Metroid franchise. That means more Mario Golf. It's a crime. it's a Metroid crime. It only Dread sold three million. Built to be accessible by all audiences, it was built for gamers. But uh, yeah, Tim. But I, in a way, I almost disagree because I mean, I'm going to be from the other end. I I don't play Metroid games. I've never played them. Just they don't they don't. I'm not a big Metroidvania style type guy. But I will say, if someone said Drew, you should play Metroid Dread or go play like Metroid Prime. I think Metroid Dread is more advertising to me. I think that's an easier pick-me-up game than like a Metroid Prime game, right? In a way, I think that 2D platformer is a little bit more welcoming to somebody to the series. It's an incredible game. I don't know why you haven't played it yet, but it really is incredible. And it's this I don't think any of us are saying that Metroid is a bad game or anything. It, like I, I think 
three of us on here are just like, it hurts our heart to see it. Yeah. But there well, is some weird reason why it's being like, out. And, and it has an easy mode. I mean, and hear me what, like, I'm ooh. not asking this question, Tim, to antagonize you. No, I know. I that know. is not why I'm doing it. I'm, I'm asking the question because it's like, it's kind of like the, the cold, hard reality, like mm. looking in the mirror, like look at the fact that Metroid Dread has been out since October of last year and has only sold a, has sold shy of 3 million units. Kirby has been out since the end of March and has sold 2.65 million units. But it's t- more and I know you <laughs> I know you keep going back to it's not for it's made for gamers. It's made for gamers. But but here's the deal. We talk all the time about how we want Nintendo to invest in gamers that, you know, yeah, the Wii was great and it brought in a bunch of filthy casuals. But then when they went back to Wii U, we wanted them to focus on games again. And one of the missteps they made was a name that focused on casuals and not gamers. And here we all sit and we're gamers. And we're saying we don't understand these numbers. But the fact of the matter is Nintendo did cater to gamers. Gamers did not show up to buy the game. Right. And that's a problem. So where are they? Because they're the gamers that this type of game is made for probably would have been better on an Xbox or a PlayStation. And here's the deal. A lot of people whined about the price of this game. Yeah. And the other day when these sales numbers came out, that same old sad, stupid argument came up. It had been sold a lot more if it was 40 bucks. Sold a lot more if it was 30 bucks. So, so And, and it, you know what? It's Can I say this? And Drew, I absolutely yeah. want to get to your comment, but I want to say this. That's absolutely something you can say. But the fact of the matter is, is that men and women worked on this game who have to put food on the table. Agreed. So, and so- we've been spoiled by years of indie 2D platformers that are made by a five-person team and that take forever to come out. Metroid is perfection. And I don't know. What were you going to say? I, 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 I think, Tim, I think it was Tim that just mentioned it. might be onto something, right? So, so when does Nintendo realize that they have a franchise like Metroid, right, that, that's pretty well-recognized, um, you know, obviously well-loved. It, it, it's a genre setter. When do they realize, if ever, maybe we need to explore other options with our Metroid and, and, and put it on a PlayStation or Xbox? Just saying, you know, it, it, it's all crazy, but Yikes. what what does that 3 million sales turn into? 10? I, I don't know. You know, what does it do for Nintendo as a brand, as a name, as respect? You know, I, again, I don't know. Are we at a point? Are we at a point right now where we're far enough past Metroid? dread to that we can that we can say something and not have to spoiler tag it i, I think so i don't know <laughs> oh i'm okay Probably, then, here i'll say it this way going. yeah i'll say it this way okay the way that metroid dread ended would be a perfect time to take the series and do some kind of soft reboot to it yeah. because that saga has ended if you get if you play through it and you see the ending, you'll know what I'm talking about. Well, they say this would front, this is the this closes out the that five game series. Yes, this would be a perfect time for Nintendo to say, you know what, three million, okay, let's just go crazy with it, and let's lean into the space horror that. part of it. 
Let's 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 lean into some of the more edgy parts of it. That would probably draw an audience. When you I mean, that as other M, and that didn't do well because they tried to go somewhere different well, with it. That was because of the developers. Okay. You know, I mean, Reggie just said in his book that he thought Other M was going to be like a watershed moment for the series. Like it was going to be this huge um, thing. And it obviously wasn't. Right. Um, We're still here talking about, you know, we're still, we're still here talking about, I mean, almost 3 million sales is not uh, like something to scoff at because you can certainly look below here and there's, uh, Game Builder Garage at 1 million. WarioWare Get It Together, 1.27 million. Mario Kart Live, which they put a ton of effort did better into. better than new Pokemon Snap. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It did better than Metopia. <laughs> did better than Pikmin 3 Deluxe. It did better than Xenoblade Chronicles. So it is, I mean, there is some merit to it, but I, I guess what I'm saying is, is you and I, and every uh, lots of people want Nintendo to, you know, lift up the the Metroid franchise. We want them to to always make Metroid games. They're probably going to point to this as why they don't. It's going to be interesting to see what they what happens with Prime. If Prime, oh absolutely, if Prime Four doesn't sell well, we may not see Metroid again for a long, long time again unless they rehaul it, like you were saying. So to build it to some something that would be more catering for a wider audience. It's um, it's funny to me that there's a ton of people I see all the time who are talking about how awesome Metroid uh, Metroid Prime is. Yeah. Oh, Metroid Prime is such a great game. And it is. If you ever say anything about Metroid Prime, they're like, oh, all these people come out of the woodwork. Metroid Prime, it only sold 2.84 million units. <laughs> That's because. I guess what I'm saying is the amount of chatter that I see online about Metroid Prime doesn't match the sales. You think so there's some lines somewhere. They could lose money on Metroid Prime 4. I mean, I, mm. I could say it, but like they could. Well, considering how long it's been in development, they, they may have already. To it. If they, depending on how we talked about them leading up to it, I think will help. If they can re-release the, the original Prime games, you know, by remastering yeah, them. They're going to have to. They've got to up for it, I think would help. Do you think, do you think, I mean, like I, I have some hot takes on games with female lead characters. I think, I think games with female led characters tend to be a turnoff for a lot of male gamers. Mm. And I, I, that might be a factor here, but the only way to sort of overtake that is to make the female character hotter and Samus has always been a character that, um, while she did win the booty bracket, she did. Heck yeah, um, she did. She, <laughs> she's she's not sleazily dressed, right? Like, so if I think of like uh, games with like really like big sales female characters, I think like Tomb Raider, Lara Croft. Um, she's she's pretty hot, right? Like, so like, maybe maybe Metroid Prime Four, Samus is just. You know, her spacesuit is just a little more revealing or something like that might be the only way to recover it. She has a glass um, suit. Honestly. So you can see through. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, like maybe just totally zero suit, right? I mean, there I think that might help me. too. I don't know. It's a, it's a total protection when you're out there against, right. you know. It's like zip halfway down. Here we go. 10 million in sales coming up. <laughs> business, business, Samus. That's where, that's where uh, Mecca comes in in their chat and always talks about the waifus, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, 
Sam, I, I have to say that like seeing the sales of this and seeing what Nintendo did to lead up to it. I mean, it was almost like a month of Metroid, right? Leading up to it. Uh, yeah, I think there's some, there's I think no that to the, point the finger other than no, the marketing is, was on point. Yeah. The sales are disappointing, but I honestly can't help but feel these sales would be higher if they had taken the time to re-release the entire Metroid saga leading up to this and let people be able to play the story. Cause I remember when dread dropped there were so many people online saying, this is my first Metroid, wish me luck, or I'm playing Metroid for the first time. Yeah. Uh, you know, you had a lot of people who came back to Nintendo for the Switch. So that means they missed Zero Mission. They missed Fusion. Uh, they may have only played Metroid and Super Metroid. Uh, they missed Samus Returns. I would have loved to have seen them re-release all of these in a playable fashion on the Switch. And we said it then, yeah. it's money on the table. Uh, I mean, we've got Metroid and Super Metroid, but like, where are the others? I I found them. I mean, I played them all. I've got them on my Wii U. Yeah. But I don't want to drag them back out. Nobody does. <laughs> they're, uh, they're, the problem with releasing the Metroid back catalog, it's fairly old. Um, the first game is a very difficult. I, I can't stand the first game. Fusion Zero Mission Zero makes Mission. it good. That's why I like I, oh, Mission. I love Zero Mission. I love it. It's my favorite one in the whole series. Yeah. But uh, Fusion and Zero Mission are on the GBA. Um, yep. All the games are square screen. They're not widescreen. So if you release it, it's going to be a, a kind of a mishmash of stuff. It's, it's, well, this, I is. this is where I'm going in the, a different category, and I'll try not to go too deep. But this is why I was hoping that NSO's Game Boy games, Game Boy Advance games, well, their thing rather than just being you know oh play the game boy advance games with somebody online their thing would be that you can play it in the original form or you can play it in a um up res mode or something i don't know what you want to call it but or you know a widescreen mode or whatever so it's more playable and better looking on the switch yeah but yeah those those 16 bit graphics from the game boy advance i think would hold up Mm -hmm. um but given that maybe they'd have to update some of those games i think maybe yeah. holding it back well we could probably talk metroid to death uh we've probably talked more about metroid here in the last 10 minutes than people have in months um <laughs> but sorry go Tim, it's just, Dread. yeah go buy it yes. seriously it's really good uh you you'll enjoy it i think uh, a couple other notes here from these sales. Uh, digital sales increased by 4.5% year over year. Uh, but this is shocking, uh, or maybe it's not. They account for 42.6% of total software sales for Nintendo Switch. So almost half of software sales are now totally digital. Uh, digital sales in January through March were the second highest ever. Uh, behind only the previous quarter, which was October through December uh, 2021. So lots of people going all in digital uh, for, for Switch or going more in digital. And uh, before you think we're too doom and gloom, uh, let us remind you that there, Nintendo does have a totally awesome slate of games coming out through the rest of the year. Uh, I want to remind you of a few of these. Of course, Nintendo Switch Sports is already out. Uh, that came out April 29th. Mario Strikers Battle League is on out June 10th. Uh, it was revealed this week that online play will feature clubs 
where as many as 20 players can join in and compete against rivals. You know what that means, guys? Nintendo Dads Soccer Club or Football Club. I'm sorry. That's right. Football Club, FC. Uh, Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes uh, is out two weeks after that, June 24th. Uh, Live, or Live Alive out July 22nd. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles out seven days later, July 29th. Uh, Splatoon 3 on September 9th. And Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet uh, late 2022 with still looming in the background, Mario plus Rabid Sparks of Hope, uh, hopefully coming this year. I, I'm, I'm a little scared for this one. Me too. <laughs> it's been so long since we've heard about it. I'm feeling 2023. I agree. It's like, you know, when I said something, it's like, been a long time since we heard about the Mario movie. Oh, yeah, that's 2023, too. Oops. A couple other things uh, that have uh, have been in here. Um, Dragon Quest uh, X Offline was mentioned as being released this uh, fiscal year in Japan, but no other regions. Uh, No mention of Dragon Quest III HD 2D remake. Uh, There was also a Monster Hunter digital event. Uh, which covered more details about the upcoming DLC, which drops June 30th this week, as well as information about a new Monster Hunter-themed Pro Controller uh, that will be released to mark the release of that DLC as well. And that actually looks pretty sweet. Yes, it does. Oh, I, I, I want it so bad. I was going to say, you're going to Monster Hunter stuff is a nightmare. You're going to have it. I know. You're just going to post a picture one day on Twitter, and it's going to be there. <laughs> I want it. You're going to be going to be. Uh, our last little bit of wait. news uh, here, a couple of release announcements. One of them that popped up uh, on Twitter right before we went on air tonight, and that is Kirby 64, the Crystal Shards, will be oh, added to cool. the NSO expansion pack next week. Uh, May 20th is the date for that. That is uh, Kirby's first foray into 3D, uh, and uh, it was a notable game for being able to combine powers. So, like, you could have a electric spike kirby and different things like that it's actually pretty fun if you've never played it uh just keep in mind it's it's 64 so it's gonna feel a little clunky but it's a good game uh also on this coming monday may 16th one day after my birthday fall guys are making a big announcement it was also retweeted by nintendo of america so duh guess what the big announcement is it's coming to switch. I that think Fall it's, Guys is delayed to 2023. <laughs> <laughs> probably is. It's a big announcement. It's like, hey guys, uh, here's some cute beans, but uh, we'll see you next year. Uh, I think the I bet it will release that Thursday. I bet it'll be May 20th as well. Mm. And I also uh, I'm gonna think I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a prediction here. This is gonna be like when uh, Apex launched on the Switch. They're gonna give you like some extras. It's like, oh, we're sorry. You know, it's taking so long. Here's some here's some costumes or here's some whatever. Right? That'd be cool. Yeah. Here's a banana costume. Yeah. Here's a here's a Donkey here's Kong costume. Fruit. Here's a Mario costume. I don't know. Oh, that'd be sweet. That would be. I would I would be on board with that. I think we're probably gonna get um some Nintendo uh themed costumes there. Well, guys, that's our news. Let's take a break right here for a word from our sponsor, Manscaped and Gooder. All right, so Justin's not here, and also Drew is here, so I'm a little nervous because both those guys do really well at their ad reads, so I'm going to try to keep up with these guys. So anyways, summer is coming, the sun is shining, shirts are off, and your balls are smooth. You heard that right. Your friends at Manscaped are here to make sure your beach balls are as smooth as Floridian sand. 
In summer, you want to kill some cold beers and barbecues, not kill the vibes with your pubes peeking out your swim trunks. That's why Manscaped has their performance package 4.0 to keep the party in your pants looking crisp and refreshing all summer long. Dive headfirst into summer by joining the 4 million men worldwide who trusted Manscaped and get ready for a hot guy summer <laughs> by going to manscaped.com for 20% off free shipping with the code NINDADS. N-I-N-D-A-D-S. Again, for 20% off and free shipping. Now, Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 is everything you need to prepare the summer bod. Inside that package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, and Crop Preserver Ball deodorant, Crop Reviver toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. All of that wonderful stuff, again, you can get for 20% off and free shipping with Nindad's as your code. Guys, what kind of stuff have you been preparing for for your summer with Manscaped? I mean, yeah, I mean, you got you got a Manscaped, right? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm in my mind thinking, how do I keep this PG? And it, it's just right. the well, words are coming. You got a pool. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know first lessons of having to keep things clean around the pool. So I only imagine that uh, you don't want to traumatize your kids or anybody else who's visiting by having any uh, anything peeking out from yeah. your well, you know, So when you wear the Speedo, right, you got yes. to make sure you're clean. Um, I did just get some new products from Manscaped. I will say the... Um, it's pretty much, you know, chaffage happens. Chaffage is a real thing. You know, Marty said it just got back yeah. from Disney the other day. You know, it's, 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 it chaffing is a problem. Uh, we especially can't talk about that enough and, you know, make sure to get the right tools for that. Well, and, and especially after you've manscaped, right? That, that's yes. when the chaffing can happen. So, uh, but manscaped now has a like an anti chaffing, uh, I don't know if it's a cream or a spray. Um, Whatever it is, uh, I'll be using that lotion. Yeah, that's probably the right word. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes. yeah, I mean, all the products are fantastic. I, I agree. Uh, I just said it last show. Uh, not just pitching the uh, the ad read here, but the products work. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we all have day, it. We've all used it. They work. That's why we. That's why we want you guys to have it and use it and get that twenty percent off and free shipping. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Like I'm on my, I just got an email from him. I'm on my third uh, bottle or second replenishment of the shampoo. Yes. And so I, I love that stuff. It's, it is fantastic. Um, and quality products all around Manscaped is great. Yep. So remember everybody get 20% off free shipping with the code NINDADS at manscaped.com. This is the summer to turn your package into the full package with Manscaped. Now, in regards to Gooder Gaming, we have our Gooder glasses that we wear constantly, either on the show or outside of the show. So we're very excited to partner up and introduce the Nintendo Dads community to Gooder. We've done it for several months now, and we want to make sure you guys get access to some of these things, especially with summer coming up. Gooder thinks gaming is fun, and your gear should be too. Gooder makes fun, fashionable, and functional sunglasses that everyone can afford, like the ones Marty's wearing, if you're watching. Sunglasses for gamers. Why? Because gamers go outside, too. They also have their blue Mirage glasses because apparently blue light is bad for your eyes. Like, I'm wearing my blue blocking glasses, and it helps a lot. 
um, to where I actually can wear these while I'm working and not have to wear my regular glasses and feel like I can, I don't get headaches or anything like that from staring at the screen for too long. So um, that's why I appreciate these. Um, some scientists say it causes eye strain, fatigue, headaches, and tail tail growth. <laughs> so just to be safe, Gooder made these glasses with the ability to block blue light. Perfect for any screen, any face, any light, especially blue light. Designed to look good and fit comfortably on your face and under your headset, whether you're working from home, in front of a computer all day, or perfecting your avatar. Some may say Gooder makes the best gaming glasses ever invented. And by the way, again, that's Nindads, the same code we were talking about before, for Gooder to get 15% off at Gooder. That's G-O-O-D-R.com. Yeah, and just so you guys don't think this is just like something we promote so that because they sent us a pair of sunglasses, this this pair that I'm showing you right here is a pair I bought myself because I love the product so much and I loved this color, which is like, a, I don't know if you can see, it's like a, a neon blue yes. with purpley reflect, purplish blue reflective lenses. Uh, and these are super lightweight. I've gotten tons of compliments on these glasses. Um, but the other one uh, that I have, another pair, uh, I actually went on, a, I went on a cruise a few weeks ago and I lost my sunglasses on there. And I was wearing a pair of Gooders uh, when I realized I went back and of course they were gone. Uh, I left them somewhere and uh, they, you know, nowhere to be found, lost them. And I actually went and bought another pair because I do love, uh, it's actually kind of like the style Tim's wearing right now. It's kind of a, a completely across the eyes lens. Uh, you know, no, they're, they're fantastic. And so if you're looking for good sunglasses that last that hold up, that are lightweight, look good. You need and to check them out. You can tell what I'm looking at. So. That's right. <laughs> G-O-O-D-R, gooder.com. Use the code NINDADS. Uh, they love it. You love it. You'll get you some stuff. Well, <laughs> guys, let's dive into our discussion time, shall we? Now, I'm not sure if I had the right music for that, but it's what I had access to. So it's OK. Enjoy. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, guys, uh, as we uh, talk about this week, uh, a little bit of discussion on CEOs, uh, especially CEOs of gaming companies and how they represent uh, that that company. Um, and where this comes from is talk in our discord this week about the difference uh, in Nintendo when Reggie and Iwata were respective presidents and now Doug Bowser and uh, Shantara Furukawa. Uh, just basically the public face of the company seems to have changed where Nintendo used to be more goofy and Reggie and Iwata both were willing to participate in stupid skits like Bill Trinity and all the donuts and uh, hey, I need to take a break to go play on my new Nintendo 3DS. And who can forget the the like fight scene at E3 between Iwata and Reggie? Uh, those they're classic. We haven't really seen that from Doug Bowser or uh, Furukawa since he they have been respective presidents. Uh, and so we wanted to talk about that for a minute and talk about our thoughts on does this affect things? You know, right now. Besides Doug uh, Bowser here in the United States, the only visible face 
for video gaming pretty much is Phil Spencer. Um, and, and it's even reflected in Nintendo's directs, which are now, if you noticed lately, Nintendo's directs are, are narrated by, um, you know, members of the, of the Japanese team and subbed in English. Uh, to go with this, Drew asks, I'd like for us to discuss a small topic of the pressure and influence of stockholders on a company. Example being both Nintendo and Disney are seeing large impacts lately. Drew, how about you unpack that question a little bit for us, and then we'll dive into it. Sure. Yeah, you know, I think I think as a company's point of view from today's world, right, it, it, it's rapidly changing from like a business economics point of view, right, um, where you have your 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 business side of the stuff with your start stockholders and shareholders and the pressure and power that they they drive the company to make decisions right you know oh, you want to make metroid dread too well shareholders don't want you to and, and they're the ones paying the, the money right um and and then from the other side of the fence as consumers really really us you know what's what's the pressure and expectation from us to the company Right. Uh, I, I want this. I want that. Where's my one more thing in my indie, my indie world? Where's where's this? You know, um, so I, I think it's interesting concept that, you know, we had this discussion in, in, in the discord. And I think you expanded a little bit more where it's a tough balance. Um, I personally don't think a CEO of a company should be the face of the company. I, I, I don't I don't think they should be. I think a good CEO should be behind the doors working with those stockholders, working with them, uh, the employees to, to drive a business, right? Cause at the end of the day we can, we can have, or we can push in on the internet. It's so easy now to sit behind a keyboard and, and type and yell about what your wants and needs are, but um, they're running a business, right? It, it's, it's about making them money. And um, I, I think it's interesting to see a lot of people say, well, I miss Reggie. Yeah, but we all miss Reggie. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it's, it's a different time, and I know that it feels like it was just yesterday, but but the world and in, in the business side of stuff is moving fast, right? It, it's moving really fast, and it's it's cutthroat out there. Um, there there's no holding back. It, it it's tricky. It's a tricky uh, it's a tricky thing to juggle that not even myself understand. A lot of people just don't understand. I think the economics of it. Yeah, I think that. Uh, it's a it's a very hard thing to especially like you brought Disney into it as well. Mm. Um, you have here two companies that are seen as very family friendly, very family oriented, mm -hmm. very family facing. And to that end, the thing that they have to juggle or the line that they have to walk is we're a corporation. We're a company. We are here to make money. But our, our fans and the people who love us want us to communicate with them as well. And that the problem with that is that takes time away from making money. It does. <laughs> and, and, and I think I think we're in that transition and era, right, where it was all the consumers, both Nintendo and Dizzy, were, were happy with the products that they were seeing, right, in the company. The Switch was new. We got all these new games. Breath of the Wild and Odyssey, and, and the same thing with Disney, right? Disney was on a high. We we were getting you know all these new rides, new parts, uh, you know, and then you know Bob Chapek came in Disney, you know Reggie left Nintendo, and it, you get more of the behind the scenes business stuff, right? Where again the consumer us say, well, 
we want this or we're not we're not seeing what we're used to seeing. And it's that transition phase right now where it's different than what we had. Right. Disney fans are are, are not happy with what's happening. And, and I don't need into the details. If you're following anything about Disney, what's happening in Florida with with politics and and the, the, the parts and the cost of things, it's it's not good. Um, and, and hopefully in five more years from now, both Nintendo and Disney has moved on. The consumers can be happy back to where they are. Um, and, and, and maybe those CEOs hide in the shadows or maybe a new CEO comes back in. But it's just that transition. And, and it's not the, the familiarity that people are used to. I think that's the tricky part. I think, too, the, the part of the issue is the difference between um, a traditional American company and a traditional Japanese company. Uh, Nintendo is very much uh, slowly or even quickly in some ways reverting back to that very closed door, very um, inwardly focused Japanese style company, right? Where, you know, we hold our cards closed. We don't really interact with people. We just put out things and if they like it, great. If not, oh well. Um, Interestingly enough, as we talk about this, I think there's been some great insight lately on Kit and Krista's podcast about um, how marketing works and how they would have to sometimes communicate to Japan uh, and, and things. And one of the things I thought was really interesting was uh, Krista talking about how um, she used to dread Sunday afternoons after lunch because that was Monday morning in Japan. And that things were already rolling there. And she was like, my computer, I would open it up and it would be like, ding, 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 email, email, email. Uh, I need this. I need you to do this. Here's this thing. And so like the work for the week was already beginning on Sunday afternoon. Uh, I don't think that it helps Nintendo right now that this article has come along about contractors and about how they're treated and things like that. But on the other hand, I also want to say, this is like, if you did a profile on any company in America, this is probably a lot of them, how contractors are treated. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I see a lot of people commenting that way. Um, but, but I think like it's easy. Uh, Justin said this a few episodes ago, maybe a, a while ago now, but I think it's really important is that he said it's, it's really uh, important for us to remember that for all the goodwill that we feel for Nintendo, like that they love us and that we're best buddies, you know, and like we can go hang out after work and have a drink with Nintendo. They still just want to make money off of us. And so they're going to pluck the right strings and they're going to pull the right cards to do that. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the problem or the, the, that has to be solved is how do we do that in a way where it doesn't look quote slimy corporate, but it looks like, Hey, good friends. Right. Yep. Yeah, it's 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 tricky. It's a tr- it's you know, and, and we're going through a transition. Like I said, it it's um, it's only going to get worse before it gets better. It, well, it and and right now, due to uh, lots of things, uh, consumers are extremely fickle about everything. Yep. And so, if you don't do it right the first time, not only are you going to hear about it. But if they have enough online clout, you're going to hear about it from all their followers, too. And, and, uh, and, and that's the other thing you remember, too, right? You know, 15 years ago, we, we didn't have 
20, whatever it was, the internet and stuff like, like we do today with all these media outlets, right? You know, that stuff every, every couple of years, there's this new, you know, phase of internet, social media that someone can go bloat to or, or, or post insight, right? Or, or like you just said, talk about contractors and stuff like that. You know, that's, that stuff just wouldn't be picked up before, but you know, it's, it's more open now. It's, it's more communicated. It, it's, it's, it's happening, you know? And, and I think that makes it even more challenging for, for, for businessmen and women or CEOs of company, right? Because um, now you are walking on eggshells and, and now you got to remember if you have your face out there, anything you're doing or saying is being seen, it's being captured and it's being shared. And even now after Reggie left there, he, he's been asked a ton of questions about that whole, you know, employee treatment thing. So. Yeah. And I think it's interesting there, for, you're still going to get questions. <laughs> I think it's interesting for him. Like what line do you walk there? Right. Because I, I would feel like his, his time at Nintendo was extremely good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, it, 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 it certainly elevated him in his name. Right. Uh, and so there may be some things that are negative, but is he going to talk about them? Cause Reggie's brand is kind of like coming into a space and creating positive workspaces. So if he spills too much of the beans, then he's not on brand anymore. Right. Yep. And so it's, it's definitely, it's definitely something that I drew, I think you're absolutely right. in and your summary of a time of transition, I think there's, there's tons of things in our society that are in a time of transition right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that the way that we respond to um, the products we love and the companies that produce them is completely one of those things as well. I, I, and I would add, you know, like with, along with Disney, I think one of the ways that we're seeing that in a very like real time on the boots on the ground way is in the movie industry. Yeah. And the way people are responding to movies and theaters uh, and on demand and things like that and how times are a changing, you know, like I didn't watch the Batman in theaters. I watched it at, at the house mm. with HBO max. Me too. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like it, it hit around the time when like it used to be, that like if a big movie hit, like especially like a Marvel movie, and I was really excited about it, I was like, oh yeah, you know, like we've got to go see that now. Like, but now it's and because and, and like we were trying to explain to our kids the other night. Like my wife was like, you know, you guys like a movie comes out and it's on demand in two months. You know, you you guys don't know what it was like back in the 80s to see a movie and it might come out next year on video. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like and definitely like not to buy just at a video store to go rent and get the opportunity to see it again one night, you know, I, and, and they were like six months. That's a long time. I was like, yeah, it was a long time. Uh, It just, it was, things were so different and the way we're consuming media is changing. Uh, Look at Nintendo's digital sales. We talked about just a minute ago, tons Mm -hmm. of things going different uh, and not all of it bad. You know, it, it could be end up being good. Uh, thank you for that question. Thank you for that topic. I think that's yeah. that's good. I wish Justin had been here talking about it a little bit because he would definitely have probably he would be like, all right, all of you are stupid. You know, sure look at <laughs> sure look at all of you are dumb. Let me tell you why. Um, it's my Justin impression. 
let's dive in and talk about some events coming up, shall we? Yes. It's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you are going to get. Yes, new audio again. Sorry, because I couldn't find the original. But anyways, the events that we have going on, we have the Cross Community Smash Tourney coming up Saturday, May 14th at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, if you're a Smash player in our community, we'd love to have you join it. Um, it's just for fun, just for bragging rights or whatever. We've got about four people, I think, signed up. Uh, I'm one of them. So if you know how I play, please join because you know that I won't be able to, you know, help support the community all on my own. <laughs> but thankfully, we got a few others that are, that are better than me to play. So, uh, but yes, come sign up. It's in our Patreon uh, under the Let's Play channel. So you can go join that Discord and go sign up. All the details are there. And also, don't forget, Dinner Table happens every third Friday of the month. Uh, we'll be having... Um, our normal discussions with the community we get together and just chat it up you know have a good time talking about whatever's going on since the last time we got to hang out so more than likely we'll probably be talking about the latest marvel movie and the latest marvel happenings on disney plus that's the way it's been going uh we'll probably talk about a few games probably talk about the indie direct as well um and whatever hot topic comes up by that point so Come join in every third Friday of the month. You can come, you can join in if you're a supporter via P Patreon or Twitch subscriptions. And don't forget, you can use your Amazon Prime. You get one free month every month to use. So you can use that to subscribe to us on Twitch and get access to our Discord, which also gives you access to uh, that dinner table uh, every third Friday of the month. And that's at 10 p.m. Eastern time as well. So awesome. don't forget to join that. Is uh, can, can I ask this? Is is third strongest mole signed up to play Smash? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, there's your winner. Yeah. Um, we got just saying. There's him. There's Sean. Um, <laughs> That's him. And so yeah, those two, and then Nymphren, the uh, informant. Sorry, I think is also signed up. I think you were saying informant, Nintendo, Nintendo Dad. <laughs> same thing. Same thing. Right. Uh well. Because Jesse's not here this week, we have no Pokeminutes, which Justin would have enjoyed immensely. I hate that he's not here to bask in the glory of this moment. However, I would have bet $10. Oh, no. What? <laughs> no, there's that no. There's oh, no. going to be a Robo Jesse. <laughs> no, there's no Robo Jesse. No. Uh, we're just going to skip oh. to what we've been playing. one i had the right one for <laughs> awesome uh john we'll throw to you first as a guest to the show you get to go uh first let us know uh what have you been playing um a lot of stuff but i can get through it fairly quickly um on uh ps5 uh i'm playing some fall guys this this week it's a game that i've been wanting to play more um, it's gotten really hard. I don't know if, I mean, if you've played it, I, I played it when it first came out and it was pretty fun. The levels are really hard. A lot of levels they throw at you. I don't even know what to do. Um, so you'll have to kind of play through them a few times before you pick up on, on that. So, I mean, the game's just gotten more difficult. People are more competitive. They've been playing for longer. Um, but I'm surprised how I can't get past the second round anymore. So, um, <laughs> but it's still, it's still fun. Uh, I started playing Persona 5 
It's too bad Jesse wasn't here. Oh, um, yeah. I've been wanting to play this game for a long, long time. I was kind of waiting for it to come out on Switch. Royale? Not the Royale, because I figured the Royale would just be longer. Uh, Persona 5 is supposed to be like 90 hours, and I really don't know why I'm playing it. Um, <laughs> but I love Persona 4 Golden on my Vita, and so oh, yeah. uh, I'm playing 5. I'm still I'm probably like seven hours in and I still feel like I am being handheld every moment of the game. So I'm really waiting for it to open up. Um, I have on as my uh, in my party. So I think I have four people now in my party. Um, yeah, slow, but uh, I'm slow start, I guess. huh? It is a long, slow start. I'm in the first 10 percent of the game, you know. Um, so I'm looking forward to that sort of picking up. I, I know it will. I know there's big fans of this game, so but I really wanted to see it. And I like the way it's told. It's it's being told in the past tense. Um, you know, but we're looking back at Joker's past and going through a story. So um I, I really I, I loved what part of that game I played too, but I'm gonna tell you this. It, it's uh for me, it's the Majora's mask problem. I hate any game that puts me on a day timer and is like, <laughs> hey, you've got this many days to find this. No. In a role-playing game like that, I want to explore every nook and cranny. I want to do all the jobs. I want to, you know, I want to get it right. You know, like I want to get to the end of the game and have the 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 good weapon, you know, that maybe you you had to get 20 hours in and and just hold on to it. Yeah. I don't know if that's a thing in this game, but I do love the music. I love the dialogue and the art style. I wish that I could play it portably. It's got I know, I really wish it was portable. It's got such amazing panache. I mean, it's just oozing with great animations. And uh, when you win a fight, like, you know, you get the the classic Joker kind of running that they kind of put in the smash when he wins. Yeah. It's so good. It's such great transitions and stuff like that. Um, good voice acting, good graph, everything. Uh, um, I'm just waiting for it to open up just a little bit, but um, I guess I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, I've been playing Life is Strange True Colors on the Switch. Um, I never had a physical version of this game. Obviously, it's my favorite game, series, whatever. Um, but I didn't have a physical version of True Colors, even though I bought it on Xbox and PlayStation. So I was waiting for a sale on the Switch, and it happened. And then I decided to just play it just to see, like, how bad is this game going to be? And it really looks great on the Switch. I am really impressed. I'm able to just play it. Um, I definitely see like some differences, of course, uh, especially when you're in a building and you can't see out the windows, but it is really good. So, um, good I've been playing, I've been playing it. Uh, I'm through the first episode. Um, I know this game inside and out. This is my third playthrough. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it and I'll get through it eventually. Uh, made a little bit of a mistake. I, <laughs> I tried this game on Game Pass. It's Curse of the Dead Gods. I had tried this game on Game Pass after Hades because it was like kind of a Hades-like. And um, I thought I had kind of liked it, but just wasn't ready to play it. Then they announced this for PS Plus. It was a free game for this month. And I uh, was quick to download it. But I decided uh, to check on Switch and it was on sale on Switch for 13 bucks. And I was like, you know what? This would be a great portable game. I'll get it on Switch. And uh, Drew and I kind of played this game together. I kind of talked Drew into buying it. Drew, I'm sorry. I'm really... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it should be. I feel bad. <laughs> it's just not the best. It, it suffers from um, one of those things where... The reason why Hades was so good is the power-ups were just felt amazing. You just became stronger and stronger as a character. 
And there's a lot of games that do that and they do that well. You just feel great. You're just constantly improving. Dead Cells was like that. You're constantly getting some new power up every like minute and you just feel amazing. And then there's games like Hollow Knight um, where you're just just constantly made to feel small and weak and wimpy. And yeah, I don't like Hollow Knight very much. And this is one of them. Like when you get power-ups, every power-up comes with some power down as well. So it'll be like, oh, you'll get more gold, but ah, the gold will explode. Um, <laughs> it's just, you never feel like you're getting anywhere. Um, I had this comparison with Slay the Spire, which is a great game. You're always getting new cards and everything versus a game like Grifflands, which you just always feel small. The power-ups just aren't substantial. Um, the game has a light and dark sort of thing where if you're in the dark and you get attacked, you'll take 50% more damage. So you're constantly having to get near uh-huh. light and fire and you have a torch and there's some like lanterns you can light up, but it's like, you know, you can't just like throw fire or anything fun. You have to like walk up to the torch and press a, and it's kind of slow and the enemies can hit you. I don't know. It's whatever. I didn't have a lot of fun with it. I think I'm kind of done with it. I kind of hate that, but um, it just didn't really do it for me. So I don't know. Um, Curse the, I don't know if anybody liked Curse the Dead Gods. I'd love to hear um, if I should keep playing or not. Um, sorry, Drew. Uh, <laughs> should be. And then I've uh, continued to play Switch Sports. I love Switch Sports. Kind of warts and all. I think you guys talked a lot about it last week. There's definitely some things in this game. I, f- I wish there was more special modes. I love the, like, the bowling special modes. I miss the 100-pin bowling um, I like, I just like special modes, like challenges, stuff I like that. I super miss 100 pin bowling. Yeah. Well, a weekend, 1010 can confirm, wish we still had 100 pin bowling. I think 100 pin bowling will come eventually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, as, but pay, like, as paid DLC. Make some fun modes where I'm like playing tennis and hitting targets and stuff like that. I, I, I feel like it's a little... A little drab, but I love bowling and I love soccer. I will play them every day. Um, I, I'm really good at the bowling, especially when they don't put the obstacles in. Uh, and I can, I can make a lot of points. I mean, I can get like 112 points around usually if I win, and I, I win most of the time. But I love the soccer. The soccer is so much fun. Sometimes you get stuck on a really crappy team and you just want to scream at your teammates. And there's just always some moment that happens uh, which is just fantastic. I had a moment uh, a few days ago that I tweeted where uh, it's a four on four game, but like two of our teammates had dropped out. So there was two of us left against four and my teammate was playing goalie and I was the only offensive player. And somehow he hit a pass to me, got past a guy and I kicked it from like a third of the way back and we beat a team of four. It was amazing. Um, there's just there's always sort of a moment. Um, I really like it. I've and, had it uh, for since release day and have not even touched soccer. Like not even open. Uh, soccer so much. You got to try soccer. It's so much fun. Do the four on four soccer. Uh, it's really good. I, I kind of suck at shooting a little bit. You really have to control your dash. That's how I feel. It's very it's it, it's easy to want to just constantly run, but when you get tired, it takes a long time to build it back. I, I think a lot of times you don't need to dash. Just play it slow. Play back. Um, but I love a, a lot of fun. I'd love to play with some people in the community if 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 anybody else likes soccer. I think it would be fun to play online. And uh, the last thing I will mention is I downloaded the Card Shark demo. 
Um, I did a 30 second review on this. Um, if you want to see it, you go to uh, youtube.com slash dads after dark show. Um, but I, uh, I downloaded it the day of the indie world. I played through it. Um, I, I know I'm kind of caught between if card shark is what I expected it to be and not what I expected it to be. Um, it, it's a beautiful game. I, I don't think it can be stated enough. It is gorgeous, especially on OLED. Uh, the animation is all hand-drawn. It is a, a spectacle to see. That really did surprise me because I wasn't like caught by the graphics when they did all the trailers. But the game itself is very much like a series of mini games where there are, um, they tell you up front, there's like 28 uh tricks that you're going to be taught you're going to be taught three card monty you're going to be taught how to like predict where a card will be you're going to be taught how to how to cheat at uh, poker and they teach you the mechanics the mechanics are always kind of fun to do you know you press down to to shuffle a deck you press left to injog a card it's fun but you're really just being taught how to help this guy cheat at stuff. And then you go and you play games and you bet money and you try to win money. Um, if you lose, you can be sent to jail and you have to get bailed out. It's, it's kind of weird. And um, I had gotten stuck in the demo. Uh, there was like some, something they weren't explaining right. And I got totally stuck. And that's where my 30 second review ended. Um, but one of the people working on the game actually wrote me, um, and said that looks like that was a bug. And uh, so I kind of restarted and got past it. And it does open up a little bit. There's a little map and you can go to certain places and gamble. And I, I think when you win enough, they close them off. But I just don't know if this is a game that's going to hold my attention the whole time. And what I will say is if if you are easily distracted while you're playing a game, like if you're playing a game and you kind of like look at your phone a little bit or just kind of just you're not really focused, they, they they ask you to do things and you're just like, wait, wait, which direction is it for the spade? Which direction is it for the club? I've constantly found myself like, wait, what do I do? I wrote those down. <laughs> I wrote those down. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And if you like, like put the game down and come back the next day and then they're asking you how to like cheat in the poker game, you're like, I don't remember the controls at all. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to end up getting this game. I, I, the last thing I'll say about this is that this is one of those demos that might hurt the game more than helped it. Because if they didn't put out this demo, I for sure would have bought it. This is a long demo. You can play for a pretty good long time and they teach you a bunch of tricks and it's open and I never even got to the end of it. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to, to see what people think of the, the demo. Um, but I, I, I don't think I'm going to play it. I'll, I'll see if the reviews are really good and like maybe there's something that I'm missing that, that comes later. You know, because demos can be a little misleading as well. But it's it's just kind of a series of mini games, really. Um, but really pretty, really, uh, you know, cool, decent story and stuff like that. So um, so it's not all bad. It's it's a pretty good game, I guess. Um, yeah, and that's that's what I've been playing. Cool, cool. Well, Drew, uh, you are looking like the world's sleepiest man. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. You, I know we're way past your bedtime. Uh, and... Um, Drew is going to tell us what he's been playing and then he's going to drop off. And we want to say before you do that, uh, thanks so much for being a part of the show. We love what you guys are doing over at Dad's After Dark. And we're going to talk in a little bit about how to find you guys. Yep. Um, but um, so just tell us what you've been playing. 
Yeah. Um, John suckered me into spending $15, like you said, on um, John, John, I don't know the name. Curse of the, the Dead Gods. Dead Gods. Uh, so he went over it pretty well. I, I have the same opinions as him. I'm, I'm close to being done playing with it. There's just It's not as rewarding as I was hoping. Um, I did just finish up playing through Wildcat Gun Machine based off of um, a first play on, on your guys' channel by Hambone Johnny. I played through the whole game, beat it. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I, I think it was a little. Did you play this, Marty? It seems like a little bit. I of didn't type of game. like it. I, it did, and um, that that code was actually offered to me first. <laughs> but um, I, I, I was just completely honest. The the art style for the monsters and the enemies just totally grossed me out. I was yeah. like, I this is not this is not for me. <laughs> It, it's not uh it was okay it, it, it was um like you said there was it was lackluster in a little bit but uh it's a um, twin stitch shooter you know bullet hell type game um it, the the difficulty curve is ridiculously odd where i beat the whole first world without getting hit like dying once where two i was dying millions and millions of times um but yeah overall i i finished that up um, i'm playing some mario golf on the n64 um I'm playing the, and that's really it. I did just download the the Dungeons of Dreadlock, so we'll have to see. I'll have to talk about that next show. And um, that's it for me. I'm kind of uh, in, in between right now before the uh, next big game. So, um, like I said, I want to thank you guys for having me on. Sorry I couldn't stay all night, but um, absolute blast as always. And, and thank you guys for having us all the time and supporting us right back at you. Yeah. Actually, actually, before you go, too, there is a quick community question for you, if you don't mind answering that question. Sure. Um, Solo something says, if you got a PS5, Drew, what mm -hmm. would be the first game you would want to play to platinum? Mm. Well, I, I, I tried looking this up for like a PS5 exclusive. And um, first of all, I'll probably never get a PS5. So that, let's be blunt about that. <laughs> um, I, you know, I don't know. I'd probably go some big open world, you know, Horizon or, you know, like a God of War. I, there's nothing that like I need to play that game. Okay. Uh, but something along those lines is probably what's jumping out at me. Sure. And while you're here too, Solo did say thanks to you both for the time you put into doing Monthly Mayhem and the Bounty Board. Really does add to a sense of community to the Discord. Mostly Great. Drew. No. <laughs> so. Especially uh, all this golf stuff. Well, you know, passion. <laughs> but. So. All right. Thank you guys. I'm going to head out. Have a good rest of the show. And uh, thanks again. Good night, cool. Drew. Absolutely. See, you. See you, Drew. Good night. We can talk about you now behind your back. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Tim, as he's heading out, why don't you tell us what you've been playing? Sure. Um, I've been playing um, a few things. Well, I guess try to when I was sick, <laughs> and that was not working. Because I was thinking, you know, like everybody else, you know, I was talking about being sick and I was like, man, if I got sick, I wonder if I would have all this time to be able to catch up on games. No, nope. you think you will. You feel like crap. So yeah. you don't want to stare at anything. You don't want to do anything. You know, yeah. I just, uh... I just want to sit there and drool while I'm watching TV or something. <laughs> so, but once I did start feeling better, um, I started playing a little bit just few things here and there. I played a little bit of Game Pass, Monster Train on the Game Pass. I really like that. Um, kind of reminds me of Slay the Spire that you guys play there, John. But uh, <laughs> the Monster Train is uh, 
I, I like trying to get through, you know, a run of those. So those are fun for me. Um, and then uh, I've been playing my PC, Magic the Gathering Arena. I'm starting to get back into the Magic the Gathering card game. Um, and there's a new there's a new set out that I've been really getting into because I like the aesthetic of it. So I've been ju jumping into that there. And then on the Switch, um, I beat my third Divine Beast on Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, so that was the... I, I never get their names right, but the 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 big guy one. So <laughs> yeah, the names are weird. Yeah, so the boulder guys with the Death Mountain. I had to get the beat the, the Gorons. Yeah. Yes, that the the thing that was crawling all over the mountain. So I beat that, and uh, so I'm excited to start making my way down to the southwest corner of the map to unlock one last piece of that part of that map down there and then go further down to uh, beat that divine beast in the desert. Tim. Yes. What did you think about when you're going up to that divine beast, the fire dude? Yes. When you have to do that, when you have the, the I forget the, the, the young Goron's name that you're sort of escorting. Yes. What did you think about the gameplay of that? <laughs> uh, nothing stood out to me other than I thought it was an you got to tell him just like stop. Then you tell him to go. Oh, but yeah, like, you okay. know, so that part. Yeah. When you're trying to go through the path to avoid the uh, the scout drones. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to tell him to stop and stuff. I went so far ahead to like take them all out. And then I would go back to call him <laughs> back to follow me that it really didn't have any effect on me. Oh, okay. And then the other part was the interesting part was the um, the cannonball effect, you know, just being able to shoot him off to through the cannonball to hit the divine beast so it would move up the mountain mm -hmm. um i thought that was very interesting as well and it's funny too because the first time i tried it i thought i had to use the goron when he's in the cannonball and shoot the the drones so i kept trying to fire oh. him at the right time to hit the drones off in the distance and he wasn't coming close i'm like what am i doing wrong and finally i just had the I was making it more complicated than I needed it to be. Yeah. <laughs> All I had to do was hit the, the divine beast and move on. Good thinking so, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's, it's really exciting and uh, fun to be able to get through this game and stuff. And I've been trying to stay focused, although I did deviate a little bit and go back to my house that I bought with all the wood, you know, uh, that I collected during this time and added, uh, some displays to be able to hang up some of the weapons I've collected over the uh, over this playthrough. So and again, you've done just to remind everybody this is my first playthrough since 2017. Been oh playing for, for five years. <laughs> so, oh my gosh! Have you done the the Terrytown quest yet? The Terrytown quest. Uh, what? Uh, it's the one you have. To, they, they, there's like a whole bunch of subquests, and it builds up this whole like town. Um, is that the one by the water? Or am I thinking something else? No, well, there there is one quest where you that... lose all your items, and it's I forget it's like an there's like an it's something island or oh something? that island I did go try once, but I tried that uh this the first year I was playing I tried that island. So, okay, and I and that's one of I my favorite side quests. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, you I know, mean, after I'm you play, I tried to go through do a run where you lost all your weapons and stuff like that. I thought it was a lot of fun, but then it was like it. 
I felt it was derailing derailing me from the main quest. So yeah. I was like, I'll come back to this later. It's so. a fun quest after you've played like 60 hours of Breath of the Wild, and then you get the feeling of like you the beginning the, yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's something I'm I'm like I've talked about before. I'm definitely someone you probably would label as a casual gamer because I don't play as well as say Marty does when he's going through Castlevania or or you know you John when you're going through your 100 games a day you know that you play so <laughs> yeah I'm gonna be honest I don't see how you finish everything <laughs> he's a dad that finishes so I so, well I didn't finish curse of the dead gods that's well that's true even even tide island that's the uh the side quest oh yeah that yeah, one so is much a fun. booger uh <laughs> it's fun though it's fun, but yeah. it's hard. It is it's one definitely that I difficult. tried, and then I walked away from the, But that was during the first year I played Zelda, and I, I haven't gone back to it because I've been all over the map now. So, gotcha. But like I said, I'm having fun with that and looking forward to going to unlock the other part of the map I have left. And then, again, staying focused on the fourth Divine Beast. Uh, and then seeing, Which one is which one's the fourth one you're going to do? The one I have is the one in the desert. Oh, so, Oh, okay. Where that's I have the... to dress up as you know, uh, a girl, I think, uh, mm-hmm. to get into a certain area. Yeah. Because um, I was starting to go down that path, but then I was told I, that sh- I had already beaten the first year. My first divine beast, I think, was the uh, the elephant. I beat that a long time ago. So I had the elephant. That was my first divine beast that I beat. And then when I went back to it this year to play, the second one I went for, because I heard it was the best one to have, was the flying one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The wind one is the, the best. Yeah. So that's when I went for that second. And then I went, and then it didn't matter which one I went for next. I just went for the uh, mountain one because it was the closest. Well, the desert one is the hardest one and okay. maybe the most obnoxious one. So you've saved the worst for last. Congratulations. Excellent. Thank you. I'm glad <laughs> I wait, waited for that one, I guess. <laughs> just wait till you fight that boss. Ugh. it's interesting too because i like i was saying i'm not um i'm not as coordinated as a, a gamer as some others are so it takes me a few tries like people were watching me play when i was doing a stream of it and they were getting frustrated because i wasn't <laughs> i wasn't dodging appropriately or something so <laughs> man it's cruel yes so but um i'm playing it the, my way and having fun so and that's the main thing about breath of the wild i think is the best about it is everybody's approach to the game is different yet everybody's goal is the same that's you know get rid of uh the uh the calamity (laughs) (laughs) all right and then also i played card shark demo just a little bit not as much as you i won't go into details because you did really good with that so um i just got through the first tutorial about like i said i wrote down the how to tell which suits there were you know, between uh, what I write it down. Yeah, you wipe a rag. Yeah, you got to write <laughs> wipe the rag. Uh, let's see. Clockwise for circular motion for hearts. <laughs> counterclockwise for spades. Straight up and down for diamonds and left and right for clubs. I uh, downloaded this demo earlier today. And thank you, guys. It's going to be an easy delete after the show. Uh, that just showed like I was on the fence. I was like, oh, it's a demo. Nah, I'm not even going to try that. Um, <laughs> right. It's like wax on, wax off. I, I, That's just one part of it, too. So, but nope, I'm noping my way on out of here. There you go. Done. 
And I, um, I, I downloaded a bunch of stupid things too to try, but I, I got to stay focused on Legend of Zelda. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. You do. But that's um, what I've been playing. Only three games for me this week. Uh, finally passed level 100 in Fortnite for this season. So I'm done. Uh, so it, I think it ends the first week of June. So I'm going to kind of take a break from here on out until unless there's an event. Like I just kind of need to not play that for a while. Uh, what I have been doing um, is um, playing a lot of Nintendo Switch sports. Um, and mainly to use what little time I have to be able to play when I have internet connection to grind out those items. And so I have finished all three of the first sets. Thanks in part, mostly to becoming a C minus rank in bowling. Um, cause once you get up there in the ranks, um, you get Bukoodle points. Like there's some games, if I do well enough and make it to the finals, I get over a hundred points. So like there was one where I was just right at it and I got over a hundred points. I had 200 to spend and uh, got the final two items of the soccer series. But now they've released a fourth page where you can um, unlock a squirrel costume. Yeah. No, you just become a squirrel. But I, I I'm going to be real honest with you. <laughs> the 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 offerings in these first three pages are awful they're atrocious they're terrible um i like i'm wondering and i don't mean this in a bad way okay it's when i say this but i'm, I'm just gonna put it out here i'm wondering when we're going to get some more um less effeminate clothing <laughs> i'm just saying you don't want to be a squirrel no, and I don't want to wear like neon shorts and a Hawaiian shirt combo with flip flops. I, I would really love want, it if you were you want Mario wear, you want Zelda wear. No, no, Tim. I want I want jeans and a t-shirt. That's okay. all like seriously, that's all I want is just a pair of jeans and a t-shirt. And why can we not mix and match these looks? Like, why can they not take just just take a top from one and a bottom from the other? It's not hard. Like, you know, I wonder I, uh, if there's again from the the um, pandemic having people work from not in the office but separately. I wonder if it limits them to how much work they've been able to put into some of these games that they release. Uh, honestly, I don't know, but like I still like I love this game. I love Shambara. I've developed a love for Shambara, volleyball, and bowling. Those are my three. I've ranked in those. Uh, I am horrid at tennis and badminton. It's they're the same game and it's awful. Um, <laughs> the the other three are great. I haven't even played soccer. Got to play soccer. All. I'm going to tomorrow. Uh, it's just I. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I've been grinding that out. I'm going to finish the fourth page. Data. By the way, data miners this week found 28 pages worth of of costuming stuff. And and we will get every item, Marty. Oh, we will. We yeah. will because it's I, now an obsession. I grinded um, out the entire page today when I saw the squirrel thing, and uh, I got a new hairstyle. I was wearing a tube top for a couple of days because of the lack of costumes. Um, I was pretty hot, I will admit. I had sort of like a weird owl <laughs> afro thing with a tube top, um, face tattoos, like a post Malone, 
nice. but yeah, I think I think they're saving up for the you know Mario, Metroid, Zelda kind of when those cards drop, man. Oh, all over it. Right, right. Oh yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be Nintendo items. Absolutely, there's yeah. there's no doubt that that's gonna come. Uh, I really wish that they would lean into a little bit of like here's my dream. Okay. I wish they would have a page dedicated to me's where it would make your arms and legs invisible and it would be the body, the floating <laughs> bodies with the, with the, you know, little hand. Yeah. I wish they would do that. <laughs> just one, just, um, you know, just a throwback, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the other game that I've been playing is one that's already been out for a while and I just dipped a toe back into uh, yesterday, just I, I was like, I forgot I had this game. Do y'all do this? Do you forget you have games on your Switch? Um, no. I do, I do. I have so many. It's and it's an epidemic. It's a problem. I can't, I can't um, do it because I don't. Have um, a so I've made, so I made a, um, I've made a folder called Backlog, and I, I've dedicated myself right now since there's like Nintendo Switch Sports is the big game I'm playing. Right, I wanted to uh, start a backlog game. I was playing 80s Overdrive, and I kept getting super stupid furious at it. Uh, it was okay. It's it's needlessly difficult in some places. It's just to extend the time you play the game. But uh, so I deleted it. I was like, I'm done. I'm this is a, this game is making me. It's it's toxic. I'm it's gone. So the next one on the list because they're alphabetical is Act Razor Renaissance, which I have thoroughly loved the like five hours I've put into it over the last couple of days. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, I loved Act Razor back in the day uh, when I got, had it for my Super Nintendo, but I was too young at that time to like really understand it or know what was going on and really have a grasp of the mechanics. I just wanted to get to the next part where you fought, you know, did the side scrolling things. Right. But man, I am loving this now. It is so good. They fleshed out so much to make it a, a more full and vibrant game, added mechanics and things like that. And uh, they just recently added a brand new um, update that took away some of the Renaissance actions. So it made it more close to the original game that when you're, when you're in combat. Hmm. And uh, I, I mean, I like the new stuff, so I'm not, I'm not going to turn that off, but uh, this is a solid game. I like really, you know what yeah. I, hate that I like, it was one of those games that I bought or downloaded and then it was like something else came along and it got shoved under, Right. you know? So I probably going to play this one to completion and I don't think it's going to take all that long. It's not a hugely long game, but um, so far so good. And it's something that you can like drop into and play a little bit and like do your sim parts and protect the town and then drop out and be like, okay, I did something, you know, you, you see progress. Yeah, between so, you that's really and good. Jesse playing this, it's on my it's on my wish list so, for sure. So, just which is kind of my backlog, even though I didn't buy it yet. <laughs> yeah, at least I don't feel guilty for not playing it. Cool. True. True. Yeah. If you don't have it, you can't feel guilty. Right. Well, that's what we've been playing. Uh, let's move on and turn on the community spotlight, shall we? <laughs> spotlight this week is focused on dads after dark um and john we're going to get you here in just a minute to talk about 
that. But before we do that, um, Tim, why don't you give us an update on this request for community content? Yes. So just a reminder again out to everybody, I've already started getting videos from people, which is awesome. Got some excellent stuff. But basically, I asked a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, for people to submit. Uh, uh, if you're listening to the Nintendo Dads and you've been a longtime listener or you found us and um, and you're still sticking with us, just su- submit a two minute video or less just telling us why, 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 you, you know, what brought us, brought you to us, why you've been hanging out with us in the community, uh, because I want to put together a montage, essentially, uh, that uh, kind of shares for anybody who drops into our Patreon, our Twitter, our Twitch, um, YouTube channels to get that first video of not us telling you why you should, you know, hang out with us, but you guys telling other people who come to us for the first time why they should consider hanging out with us. Um, And that's why I'm asking for these two minute or less videos. It could be just you. It could be you and your family. Um, uh, Like I had some people ask, uh, that question like hey can i have my family in it i was like of course in fact hambo and johnny had his son in it so uh in his video that he submitted so which is really cool so again uh, two minutes less be as creative as you want to be you're gonna be as simple as you want to be just as long as i can get it in a video uh that would be awesome you can you can write a song for us and sing it yes you can also send in a bonus video and tell me how much you appreciate me for my birthday this Sunday. Yes. You can see. I'm just kidding. No, don't. Please, please don't do that. That would. I would. All all entries are due by Friday, May. 20th, yes, get them in. Get talk about how much you love everyone and, on the podcast and how. Please extol our virtues. And we are also giving away eShop cards too for everybody who's taking the time to do that. So not not everybody. Let me take the back. Which I'm which gonna, I, not mm, everybody's going to get mm. one. We're going to have drawings. This translates to we're bribing you uh, to talk about how good we are. Yes. Yes. So please do that. I'm I'm just giving you a hard time, Tim. I'm sorry. Um, So I'm bribing. That's what I'm That's fine. That's fine. So the more compliments, the more the eShop cash you get. That's right. Yeah. It just, they stack and it's a multiplier. Uh, And then if you, if you do enough compliments and you cross 100 points, we enter you in a random drawing for either um, a hairstyle, a color of hair or eyes, some titles you can use for yourself or some neon uh, things or a, a wooden bowling ball. I mean, that's, <laughs> you get, you get the authentic Nintendo Switch sports experience. Yes. Um, John, uh, before we talk about these updates to our family of podcasts, you are part of our family of podcasts with the Dads After Dark show. We are. Uh, and we would love people, if they don't know already, um, to know where to find you and Drew and the show, uh, how they can listen, how they can support you guys. Uh, but also, um, if there are listeners who don't know what Dads After Dark is, I mean, they could kind of listen to the name and maybe infer that. Um, but would you explain your uh, your take on the show and what it is um, and all that pertinent information? Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, we're... Um, the Dads After Dark show. I, Drew and I, I, we've been kind of partners with Mayhem and some of the contests that happened before it. So we've been around the community for, I, I think it was my fifth year now. 
Um, but yeah, a couple of years ago, we started the show um, based on, uh, I, th- I think Justin was so impressed with our monthly mayhem YouTube videos. He's like, do you guys want to do a show? And I was like, can we do an after dark show? And, uh, and here we are. So uh, yeah, we're the dad's after dark show. Um, we are, we're kind of a bi-weekly show. We do a show every couple of weeks, um, but we'll squeeze in some special episodes in between. Sometimes if there is an event, um, Drew and I were debating if we should do one about Indie World, um, but we decided we were going to talk about it here anyway. Um, so we'll, we'll try to sneak in some stuff. We'll do some different things. Our big focus is contests. Um, we still run monthly mayhem. Um, if you haven't done that, yeah, you do. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> we do we do a contest roughly once a month. We often will put some time in between just to take a break. Um, but we'll generally have a contest, a high score thing, or a tournament. Like we've done Mario Kart, Mario Golf. Um, in fact, our first monthly mayhem was when Cuphead released on Switch. And uh, yeah, we'll do, do a contest. First place, we'll usually get like $15 in eShop credit. And then what we'll do is we'll run a lotto for everyone else who has participated, sometimes based on like what their final scores were. We'll get a bunch of lotto balls. And, you know, so everybody has a chance to win the $10 lotto prize. Um, we also do bounties on our show. Bounties are a little bit different. Um, they're generally somewhat difficult accomplishments. And if you can prove that you did it, um, we usually send you, you know, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 15 bucks, depending on um, what we're doing. We'll send you eShop cash for there as well. Um, we've had some Switch Sports uh, bounties. Um, then Informant did one of them. He did the uh, the soccer one, I believe. Yeah. Um, we still have a very difficult bowling one. And the only one who's gotten close so far is Jesse's son. And um, that one's still standing, um, but we've had uh, bounties for stacking M&Ms, all <laughs> sorts of things. So you send us um, photo proof and we'll send you cash pretty quickly. So um, yeah, we love doing that. That's kind of the fun of our show. Uh, it's not kid-friendly. Um, it's, it's less kid-friendly when Drew's around. Um, <laughs> Drew's Drew Grandma Drew went to bed, uh, had had his boiled milk, and uh, is sleeping right now. But he'll hear this later. It's fine. Um, but yeah, ah! um, But yeah, if you want to find us, we um, we podcast. We don't stream. Um, so primarily, if you want to find us, just search Dad's After Dark Show on any of your podcasting apps. Um, happy to have you listen. Um, we're on Twitter and TikTok and Dad's After Dark. And then I do uh, 30 second reviews on YouTube. Uh, that's youtube.com slash dads after dark show. Um, that's something I do when I have time. I love doing the 30 second reviews because it's not a lot of editing time. And I also feel like the reviews don't give away a lot of information. I usually cover maybe the first hour of the game at most. Um, try to go through things really quickly. You won't get a ton of detail, which is probably good if you're interested in the game. So you'll get a good idea if you like the game or not. Um, based on that. And like I said, my last one was on the uh, card shark demo. I like doing the demos. Um, they're fun because they're not very long and I can get them out pretty quickly. Um, can I be honest? Can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. A little bit of a anytime, a, Marty. A fanboy a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, your 30 second reviews are my favorite game reviews on the <laughs> internet. I'm serious. That's awesome. Um, I think they're hilarious. I think you do uh, an excellent job with them. And uh, like they just get better and better. 
So I'm going to do definitely go check them out. I'll do a 30 second review of Mega Man 2 and really crush it just to test how much you <laughs> okay. truly like my reviews. Uh, I will I will give you a thumbs down. <laughs> I, I will. And, but it's still um, counted. There's nothing there's nothing there that you can crush. I'm sorry. Uh, no, there's, I wouldn't. I love I love Mega Man 2. Thank you. Um, the last As thing I should. will say, um, it's too bad Drew wasn't here, but uh, we do want to start to give a heads up the Mario Strikers Battle League. And we haven't really talked about that trailer, but that trailer was hot. Um, mm -hmm. Mario Strikers Battle League looks so good. It is coming out June 10th. So we have about a month and we are going to be doing a uh, club. Um, if, you, if you look at the detail, if you haven't seen that trailer, go to the Nintendo of America Twitter. You'll find it. And um, you can sign up for clubs. Clubs are going to be maxed out at 20 people. And so we're going to form a, a club in our Discord. Um, we'll have to come up with some clever name or something down the road. We, we're looking for 20 people. We're trying to figure out how to handle it in case we get more than 20 people. We are asking that, you know, join the club if you're going to be active, if you feel like you're going to drop off after a few days. You know, hey, we'll play online. But like, you know, you don't want to kind of get involved. Um, if we end up with more than 20 people, we'll probably prioritize, you know, monthly mayhem players or whatever, but I don't think we're going to hit 20. Um, we also can do two clubs if we're going to have more than 20. So, uh, I think Drew described it as sort of like, uh, like a European soccer league where you could get relegated, um, out of the club. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if we can do that, but it would be pretty funny. Um, but that's going to be a whole lot of fun. And with those clubs, you join the club and then you can go online and you can play with other club members against other teams. You're playing, it's always co-op um, or you can just play solo and you can help out the club just by playing a bunch of solo games at one in the morning. Maybe um, it's just going to be a lot of fun. That game looks deep and interesting. I love the way you can kick your own team members forward to give them space, which is hilarious. Um, tons of, costuming and you can you can increase your strength or your speed or whatever with various outfits it's this game just looks great i mean i, I love mario strikers i always have and this one just looks like it's gonna be great and it looks like it runs at like a nice smooth frame rate 60 frames a second um from what i can tell so nice. I, I can't i just i can't wait um so yeah there we have a channel what is the name of that channel uh where is our Mario Strikers channel? I know it's should be under Let's Play. Under Let's Play, for some reason I'm not seeing it. Or is it under Leagues? Because maybe it's a league. Oh, maybe. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not seeing it anywhere. Actually, <laughs> we don't have it yet. I don't think. Where did it go? I I swore we had it. I swore we had it. Where did it go? All right, we'll the we'll, find we'll it. But like, um, it. yeah, um, but yeah, we'll be we'll be that'll start getting active um pretty soon so yeah i can't wait for that one so yep that's what i got you know it's really sad that um roy koopa is not going to be in the new um <laughs> in, in mario in the mario strikers so that he could be the obvious roy kent uh oh, replacement roy koopa he's he here be a he's there after dark every, character there <laughs> Uh, it, uh, it would be fantastic. Uh, Tim, why don't you tell us what's going on on our family podcast? Sure. Uh, so basically, as John mentioned, Dad's After Dark show recently dropped episode 99. So you guys are coming up on episode 100, which is that's right. Awesome. Catching so, up to all in. Yes, you are. 
Uh, so you guys talked about where's the rest of Switch Sports, which we kind of touched about on a little bit today. Because um, you guys said it seems like Switch Sports isn't finished. Uh, what would you do if you could try any game for two hours for free? Mm-hmm. Uh, was a question you guys talked about. And a review of Disco Elysium, which I heard a little bit of, too, when I was listening. So Fun game. Yes. And then uh, our other shows, Game Pass News, they dropped episode 52 called cheese butts and apple pie (laughs) it's always food with those guys yes and by the way they dropped new logos and new characters and everything for their season two show uh so game pass news 2.0 update they talked about uh who's the embracer group they talked about halo infinite mp tries to save itself halo the series boosts paramount plus all those topics and more, uh, as well as what they talk about Game Pass wise. Um, I believe, what did I see on um, Twitter uh, from Jules? Jules was asking about something in regards to uh, uh, for Switch side, a, a site that helps kind of, you know, do what I guess the Wii, Sh- Wii U shop used to do, but basically. Um, kind of outlines all these, you know, 20 games a week. Somebody do a site where it will kind of uh, review all of these games. Everybody was coming at him with like, how would you do that? You know, but I was like, well, you need a Game Pass type show where they go through all the Game Pass games or they talk about they go through the list of games and they talk about the highlights of those Game Pass games. So that's what those guys do in Game Pass News. They talk about games that are coming out on Game Pass and kind of talk about the things that stick out to them that maybe you should take your time to try. Yeah, last episode, Nick talked about how Xbox better not delay Starfield. <laughs> Awkward. That, that didn't age well. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then last but not least, we have Retrologic, which they have several podcasts of their own going on over there. One of them being their own Retrologic episode 79, where they talked about the NES they also dropped episode five of On Topic, where John hosts with uh, a show talking about specific games. And this past episode five, they had Seth Sturgill, speaking of All In podcast, and Shannon Eno. Uh, so they all were on there uh, talking about the latest game. I think it was Donkey Kong of some sort, but I didn't catch exactly what they were talking about. And they also have Retro Groove, which is another show they have where they talk about music. Uh, not just about video game music, but they uh, they do touch on video game music, but music in general. I thought she said retro grew for a minute. And I was like, man, that's a like a Despicable <laughs> Me podcast. Yes, retro grew. So, but the, that where is we our, talk about the girls. That's our family. That's a really podcast. terrible, terrible impression. Uh, yeah. Uh, before I just kill this and plunge it completely into the ground, let's. Uh, Head over and answer some questions from our community. Uh, I love, John, that you've asked a question and you're going to be on the show. Uh, but uh, this, <laughs> all these questions this week come from our Discord. Uh, John asks us, have you ever played or reviewed a game and completely lied about liking it? <laughs> Tim? Uh, I've come close, but I've <laughs> spun it to, I, I try to spin it. I'll say that. I don't. I don't necessarily lie that I like it. I will spin it to the effect of, well, I guess this game is not for me, but it might be for you. So 
check it out. <laughs> I love that. That is a Tim phrase. I've heard that before. Yeah. Um, I think for me, like I, I really tried to think back at the games that I've done. And I've, I've tried to be pretty open uh, about them. And one of the, the ones that I can remember of was there was a game that came out. A, a, I want to say it was in it was in 2021 and it was a food truck game um that was just awful it was really bad and what i will try to do in those situations is i will try to say something along the lines of um you know we thank the developer for sending us a code over uh if you like this type of game it might be for you but here are some issues that i had with it yes um i feel like it's kind of our duty uh, the, since people do listen and want to hear our takes on things to be open and honest about it. Yes. Um, we're not paid by Nintendo and we're not going to be, so I'm not going to blow smoke up their butt to like, you know, they do send us some codes and things, which we're grateful for, but I think you can go back and look over the last couple episodes. My problems with Nintendo switch sports are very out and open. Yeah. You know, the, and I'm very clear about which games are not for me. And, um, so if I say I like something, that is not a, hey, they bought us this game. So uh, you, you know, you yeah, need definitely. to play it. John, what about you guys over on your show? Are you ever just, do you feel, do you feel like the pressure to like everything or? <laughs> I will never pull a punch on a game and it, get, it gets me in trouble, right? I had somebody on Twitter yesterday say, why are you so negative? And I'm just like, I'm just being honest, you know? Um, Did you respond with, why does your game suck so much? <laughs> No, it was was some guy. I was was complaining to IGN about them showing that weird stairwell footage and how great games are going to be because we have a stairwell. It's like, this isn't a game. It's a a stairwell. Let's settle down. Yeah, yeah. Um, There was one game I reviewed uh, for you guys where I had to, I was doing like a first look and I really had to, because every game has a fan, right? And it's difficult sometimes. I've played games where I don't like, and I try not to be like, this game is bad. This game sucks. It's like, this game is just not working for what I'm looking. You know, Triangle Strategy was a game that I, I really was excited for, and it was just really hard to, to stick with until the end. Um, but there was a game called uh, Vigil the Longest Night, which I think was like a Metroidvania-style game, and I was doing a first look for it. And everything about this game was so confusing and it culminated in, I got to the first boss and this boss was unbelievably hard. And I could not believe that the first boss of this game, which you get to like, you know, you can get within a minute if you just knew where you were going, had to be so hard. Like you couldn't just give me like an easier boss to get my feet wet, learn the mechanics, that sort of thing. And uh, I, I, I don't think I ever beat the boss. I, I just was like, well, that's the end of the first look, like on the fourth or fifth try of beating this thing. Um, it was just like, and you try to like say, like, you know, like you said, Marty, just like, you know, well, the, this is what it was. If you like this sort of thing, you're going to like this game. But I mean, it was, I turned that game off and I never opened it again. It was, <laughs> it was like, and Metroidvanias, there's so many really good Metroidvanias. Yeah. So if you get a bad one, you're like, don't waste your time. There's so many great Metroidvanias. Um, I think the video will, especially if you're doing, yeah, you're doing a video or even a stream will tell a lot, you know, you, like I, like I said, I'll say, you know, right now it's not clicking with me or I'm not, it's just not my thing and I'm just not getting it right now. Maybe I'll come back to it, but 
that's why I was saying maybe maybe it's something I'm not doing right or whatever. But it's exactly. in the video. People are watching me attempting to play this game for the first time. And, you know, I'm I'm probably lower on the spectrum as far as uh, the game gamer abilities go. So if I can't get it, maybe you can because you're a better gamer. <laughs> but right. You know, so. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite first looks was one you did, Tim. You were doing, um, you weren't doing just one game. It was like a bunch of games from this particular developer that had given away a bunch of free oh, games. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the thing about it was there was no way that you could do that. I don't know what we'd call it. You were just doing a Let's Play. You couldn't do that Let's Play without giving away when you were tired of a game. So you would be like playing a game and you'd be like, all right, let's go to the next one here because <laughs> you can tell yeah. like you would hit your limit with it. It's like, all right. It was like, um, yeah, I was like, yeah, Tim didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, that's funny because I didn't think anybody watched it, that one because I did it once and I was like, because I was, oh, I was thinking I was going to get through all of them. And it was like, no, there's no way I'm going to get through all of them. So you stuck with that. There was one I can't remember, but you were you stuck with that one way longer than I was just like, <laughs> I was yelling at my screen, Tim, move on. Like, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah. But you kept with it. <laughs> it was probably that creepy looking one. It was just like, it, it was intriguing to me. Like, you know, oh, yeah, there was one that was like a creepy game, yeah, it was uh, like, from that. that it was, was like yeah. just a train wreck, and I couldn't take my eyes off of it, so it was like I kept going with it. <laughs> so, in other words, to kind of sum this question up, I think that we would like to say that we we try our best to shoot straight with you about what we like and don't like, and that's the beauty of doing a podcast as a group of dads and fans, is we're not really beholden to anybody. Um I definitely, I would be careful where you take your reviews from. Like, I might not take my, my, the bet, like, don't take your authoritative review from the Nintendo Power podcast. Right. All right. Um, listen to, listen to quote unquote mom and pop podcasts and get your reviews from there. Uh, even your, your big website podcasts can be a little slanted and biased, uh, I think, as well. It's, and I'm not throwing them under the bus at all when I say that. I just want you to know that's kind of, you know, we don't have to. I mean, we could get Mario Strikers and it could be total dog crap. And we could we would tell you, you We're know, not a big we don't publisher. expect it to be. We're not a big publisher trying to make sure we can get the next, uh, you know, interview. <laughs> no, this is a conversation with friends. Yes. That's what it is. And, and um, we've, we've learned that if Marty says, if this is a game that interests you, that's code for, I hated it. <laughs> yeah, if this is one that you like, um, enjoy the dumpster fire. <laughs> if you want to play a dumpster fire, um, I, I, here's a comment, John, from Solo Something. I, this was wrapped up in Drew's question earlier. Oh, I read he that. Just want, I oh, you, that. you read that yeah. one? Okay, well, thanks. Thanks for doing the bounty board. Uh, our last question is uh one of the playstation dads by the way yep yep um max power our last question of the night he asks us this what's a game you love from a genre that you normally don't for me it would be splatoon i normally don't like shooting games or online competitive games but i've put close to 100 hours into each of the splatoons john we'll start with you what's a game from a genre or a game you love from a genre you don't normally like um I'll stare at my amiibos for idea, but that, but Splatoon, <laughs> um, 
Splatoon's a great example. Yeah, because I don't play shooters, um, especially first person shooters, just from I can't stand the perspective. It's not like a gun thing or anything. Um, and, and Splatoon, I love. In fact, I'm going to start getting it back into Splatoon this week. Uh, I've decided I'm going to do a whole bunch of salmon run. So um, just to a, war, warm it up for three. Uh, yeah, I guess I I, I want to get more into like those sort of ongoing games. I'm getting a little tired of some. Of I love Salmon Run. And I, like I, so I wish that it. I wish I'd put more time into it. Yeah, I'm glad it's coming back. Never too late. I know. I I'm I'm ready to do it. Um, I guess one game that would be a good example for me would be um, Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I like Yacht Club never misses. Um, uh, we won't talk about showdown, but yacht club never misses. And I, I mean, I'll play a good puzzle game, but I generally won't play a puzzle game for very long. Um, I'll, I'll like, enjoy it. I I've tried to, I have a bunch of them on switch and it's like, I'll play for like a half hour. And then I, I never really get back to it. Cause they're usually not deep or anything. Shovel Knight pocket dungeon just hooked me because it had, um, it had story to it. It had just so many unlockable things, unlockable characters, unlockable outfits, unlockable um, warps, uh, just everything. I mean, every piece of this game just oozed um, beautiful graphics and things to find. And then just beating the game was really, really hard doing like the full beat where you have to get all the key pieces and everything. And then you can do it with all the characters and the characters all had different like aspects of themselves um you you know it, it, like any game that has multiple characters okay you beat the game with you know i i beat the game with mole knight it's like now try to beat it with shovel knight try to try to beat it with aerial knight like all those guys so um i really enjoyed that and i think i played it for like 20 hours or something and i never play a puzzle game that long um and i'll be getting back to it as soon as they put out new content i think they have a few content dumps and it was a little sad that yacht club was actually talking about the game sales for it and it really hasn't sold well, which is which is kind of a crime. It's it's so good, um, but they're still putting out like three content dumps for it. So I'll I'll be going back um, all three times. So I think that's a good example for me. And and Splatoon. Awesome, Tim. What about you? I'm having a hard time trying to figure out the like something more recent. But I the first one that popped to mind for me is I don't normally play JRPG type games or big. RPG games like your Final Fantasies and stuff. But Chrono Trigger is one that I played through and had a great time with. And I, I haven't I can't think of another one similar where I've been able to go back to playing something along those same lines. So um, I think that I am looking forward to Live Alive. And that's my goal right now to get Breath of the Wild done before that comes out in July. Um, because I want to play Live Alive because of, you know, its influences for Chrono Trigger and all that kind of stuff, and plus the 2D HD, whatever. Um, <laughs> but those type of games I don't usually play because of how long they are, and um, Chrono Trigger was one that I played through, so that I've, and is on my all-time list somewhere on there. <laughs> so, I can, that's the, probably the one I can think of. I, don't, I can't think of anything more recent, though. Hmm. Maybe Breath okay. of the Wild being more recently because of how big that game is. It's not necessarily a JRPG, but, you know, it's an RPG, action RPG, and it's a long it's game. five years long. It's huge. <laughs> it's a huge yeah. game. Six. It's going to be six, six, six years, years long. Six years. 
<laughs> uh, I had to think about, there's two games that I thought of when this que- I read this question. The first one is an older game. One of them is a, kind of an older game, but it's not as old. All right. So I don't in any shape, form or fashion like horror games. Uh, they freak me out and I already have enough stress and anxiety in my life. I don't need something adding to that. Um, but weirdly, I loved Eternal uh, Darkness, Sanity's Requiem on the GameCube. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought it was just a fantastic game. I love the, the various things that they programmed into it to make you think that like your system was messed up or that your game had reset or where like it was just like it it drew you in and it was it's I, I really wish that they would make another one of those i think it would do so well um the other one is is i love the concept of pit cross games but i hate playing them because i'm not good at it like i don't like there's some math and other things that are involved and i just don't get it. but 3d picross or Picross 3D 1 and 2 on the 3DS are magic. They are so good. Uh, and I guess it's something about being in that 3D space and being able to rotate it around. And right. I, it just, it works so well. And I love, but it's like, I, it makes you feel like a sculptor. Like you're busting those, you know, 3D shapes out of those blocks. And um I'll go back to it every now and then and just lose like a couple of weeks playing it. Like I'll pick up and play, you know, three or four puzzles a night. Um, it's so good. But yeah, those are, those are my two. Nice. And you can still find um, at least uh, Picross one and two. Uh, Picross one is the, in physical, but two was digital only. So you have a limited time if you want that one on, on 3DS. Nice. Um, one last question. This one's actually from our Discord as well. I didn't see that you picked it up. Brolin asks us, hey, Flynn Hook is on sale today. Should I pick it up? $7.49, $7.49 on digital eShop. Uh, John, you've already had uh, your some thoughts about this. You said you talked about it uh, in the uh, in the Discord. What did you think? I enjoyed it when I first played it. It was the first roguelike I actually beat because I've, I've always been terrible at roguelikes. I think I had I had played a few by then. Um, it was really good. It's just one, it's one of those games. It's good. I, 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 I really can't say anything bad about it. Um, there's been a lot of other roguelike indie games that have come out that I like better. Um, one of the neat things about it is you, you unlock stuff and you sort of get, uh, an amount of, um, side stuff you can do. So like you, you can unlock a bunch of things, but you have to choose from a certain amount of like power-ups for the level you're going to go into. So it's kind of fun to go through and figure out like, okay, what's my strategy for this one? Um, but it's really good. It's really well done. And I enjoyed it. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, this one gave me a very Mega Man-ish vibe uh, simply because of like being able to uh, actually, and I love the fact that in this one, yes, it's roguelike, but it's more roguelite in that yeah. you can make progression through it. So you can beat levels and not have to go back to them and just being able to find different items and things and kind of co-op them and use their powers. And I love the, like the actual hook me- mechanism. So it's kind of like Bionic Commando meets Mega Man as a roguelike. Um, so yeah, I, I think for that price, 
definitely, unless you're just on a really strict budget. But he also asked about dead cells. Um, dead, yeah. Y'all, dead cells is just in a level of its own. It's it's a masterpiece. There's a ton of content there, but I will say Flint Hook's difficulty is probably a less steeper curve than Dead Cells. Yeah, Dead Cells is a game where you can get pretty far in, die, then you'll have to start from the beginning. And depending on how you did, you might not be so motivated to go through it all again. There's just a whole bunch of areas you'll have to get through before you get to the final boss, where, like you said, Flint Hook... I mean, I died tons of times, but it's very much rogue light. And once you get past where you're trying to get past, you never have to do that again. Um, so Fl- I think Flint Hood is a l- Flint Hook's a little easier. Dead Cells, the only time I ever beat that game is when I had certain power-ups in my run. And I knew when I got those power-ups, um, and it's so long ago, I can't remember. I was like, oh, I have a chance. Um, you know, but good. probably when yeah. you had those, yeah. Yeah, um, you definitely you're constantly finding, uh, you know, ways to power up your health and your strength and stuff as you go through, which makes that game so addictive. And all the um, additional con they keep putting out DLC. It's like that it's game. forever. And I love that game, but it's like I can't get back into it. It's like it's I played it too long ago and I really wish I drew says this all the time. If they put out a Dead Cells 2, he'd buy it. Um, it's almost scary. If I booted up that game, I would have a, you know, a beat of that game. And then I'd have about five DLCs that I'd have to get through. And I remember the first DLC, I was so excited. I downloaded the DLC and I played it and I did not know how to access the DLC. They literally didn't tell you. I had to Google to see how do I find this content? You have to like go to this room and you have to go to this door and you got to knock on it and then you got to go over here. And it's like, that's weird. Like just show it like why i I don't know so that so that's why i don't want to play the other dlcs it's like what mystery do i have to do to actually find that dlc yeah Um, but it really is so good and i was so addicted to um when you buy the items they put them in those jars that are above your head in the place where you start and man all you want to do is fill all those jars yeah it's all you want to do yeah or just you know actually beat the game i've never been able to do it kudos to you if you were able to and anyone else out there listening um well guys kudos to us that's episode 375 of nintendo dads it's uh we want to thank you for hanging with us Uh, we especially want to thank john and drew from dads after dark for being with us you guys are uh you are welcome here anytime oh we'll be here next week then okay all right come on it's totally fine totally fine you guys go be sure to go and check them out uh follow them on the socials go download their podcast uh but you know remember there's a there's a little disclaimer there uh not a not a kid-friendly podcast so moms dads it's for you not for them yeah Uh, and that's okay uh as we close out the show we want to say a huge thanks to our patreon producers dave ernsberger antonio contronio Solo something, Alexander Ocampo and RJ Kern. Thank you guys for backing us at the producer level. And we want to say also a huge thanks to each and every one of you who follows us and supports us over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads. Head over there and join up today. Also, thanks to our over almost, it's almost 6,200 subscribers on YouTube and 1,300 followers on Twitch. 34 of which get access to our Discord as well because you throw us a Twitch Prime subscription every month as well. Remember, if you have Amazon Prime and you're not subscribed to someone on Twitch with your Twitch Prime, we would love to have that as well. 
You can head over to manscaped.com and gooder, G-O-O-D-R.com and get 20% off your order and free shipping with the code NINDADS. That's N-I-N-D-A-D-S. So go over there and pick you up some uh, creams, some creams and lotions, uh, and your, uh, you know, glasses, uh, blue blocker glasses, gaming glasses, uh, sun, sunnies for being out, uh, and uh, lots more. Head over to nintendodads.org backslash merch. Guess what? We've got brand new merch in the store. Nintendodads.org backslash merch. You can go and check out what we have, including Nintendo Dads Mushroom Logo Sheets, designed directly by Tim Office. He was bedridden uh, this past week. You can also check out our latest videos, tweets, podcast episodes, links for all of our social media, our Patreon page, and more over at Nintendodads.org. Email us at Nintendodads at gmail.com or call in the leave a voicemail, 929 929- Two five N dads. That's nine two nine two five six three two three seven. I want to say a big thanks to OC Remix for the music used throughout the show. And remember, wherever you listen to us, uh, down uh, wherever you download us, your podcast app of choice. Be sure to go in and leave a five star review and some written words. It helps people find the show, and it helps push us up the rankings. And hey, that's a good thing, right? Thanks for checking us out for episode three seventy five for Drew, for John, for Tim. Uh, For Missing Jesse and Justin, this is Marty signing off. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Good night, Dad. Thank you for listening to Nintendo Dads. I hope Drew is having sweet dreams.